Are you a werewolf? I am not a werewolf, but I am your host, Scott O'Dell. I'm very excited because we have a ridiculous amount of things to talk about. I'm joined by host Cody Jorgensen. Hi, Scott. I'm not playing werewolf. Host Jeff Garst. Hey, Scott. Still a werewolf. And special repeat guest, Bryce Journey. Thanks for having me back, guys. I'm very excited. I'm super excited about making this a three-part episode. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just committed himself. Oh, no. We have work in the morning. <laughs> well, I mean, I know. Jeff has work in the morning. <laughs> oh, I forgot to say if I was a werewolf or not. I'm not because I'm it's, bald. That's There's no bald werewolves that's out there. hyper suspicious. Should we do social media first? I think first we should talk about this fly that's been buzzing around the green room. Okay. It's really bothersome. I feel like I'm in an Emily Dickinson poem. It's really horrible. <laughs> or an Edgar Allan Poe poem. Uh, Edgar like Allan poem. A reject karate kid because none of you guys can get this guy. Yeah, none yeah, of us. It's really, really bad. You know what? Last weekend, I did witness somebody slap a fly with a chopstick. Like, what? It was on the table, and they swatted it with a chopstick. Did it work? It did. They got oh the fly. Gosh. It was amazing. That is amazing. Was this person's name Mr. Miyagi-san? Well, from that point on, it was. <laughs> um, so I don't know that we need to talk explicitly about social media, but uh, Jacob did email in, and he's the winner of our email us a question and get to pick out a game. So Ooh. we'll talk a little more about that later. Yes. We exciting. picked him out of several, Man, yes. I should several e- I should, submissions. I should email you some questions, Scott. Uh, that's, that's the first one. Oh, would you right? like me to read the question? Um, sh- I think we should talk about, well, I don't know. We are, we're there. We're man. there. We're okay. here. We're right here. We've arrived. Read the question. Hi, Spielcast guys. I have a couple questions for you. And would like to enter the game giveaway contest if that's still a thing. Well, congratulations, <laughs> Jacob. It was I like that he, he didn't have faith that four days after we announced <laughs> it. We would be willing to actually <laughs> uphold it might, that. It might not be real. Uh, for legit. any game groups you have been a part of, how was the game group chosen? Or how, excuse me, I'm sorry. I mm. messed up my dramatic reading. Oh, my goodness. For any game groups you have been a part of, how has the game group chosen what games to play each week? Do you have any advice for someone starting a weekly game group? So how do you select games? Thanks, Jacob. So are we talking about this now? Because we yes. can do it. Okay. Yeah, we're talking right now. So we went to uh, a game night not too long ago at a listener's house. <laughs> Bryce was there. You two weren't. I was there. Um, and this question hits close to home for me because there was nine people, right? Mm. And we played Tortuga uh, as like the first thing we did together after we played Codem's Duet for the people that arrived early. Then the nine of us went downstairs looked at an amazing game selection of medium to heavy strategy games and no but we could not figure out how to play a heavy game and it was one of the more i don't know frustrating experiences i've ever had with games and it was just it was just no one to step on anyone's toes no one wanted to make a decision mm. we i think we just lost that listener but um <laughs> whose house you were at if it was so frustrating <laughs> no it was amazing that's why it was amazing because we were looking at this amazing board game collection of peters and instead of playing you know, whatever, whatever, you know, Steffenfeld or Blood Rage or what any of the other games that we all talked about, like, oh, we want to play this. We want to play this. Like we all we had to click. I don't even know. I, I feel like that's the first tip for board game night is you can't be afraid to split up your group. If you have nine, that's probably actually like the perfect number. Well, we knew you we were going to split up, but both groups ended up playing. One group played Crokinole and the other group played, uh, Bryce, played Modern Art. Bryce Top Modern Art, which... You know, it's a fine game, but like it's if it's definitely get, if intro you get, game. If you yeah. get nine gamers in a room, maybe you don't feel totally successful if you walked out playing Crokinole and Modern Art. 
Like maybe you're like right. We should have we should have dove right. in head first to some yeah. some. Scott was fare. looking for a deeper experience, and I, yeah, I I think I think make make sure you're splitting the group and then pick pick what um what that group wants. You know, now you only have to make a decision with four people instead of nine. And one game group I used to go to, I went maybe four or five times during college. They had the bucket of choosing, where everyone they had a big <laughs> popcorn bucket. Yeah. I didn't name the bucket of choosing. They had a big popcorn <laughs> bucket, like and you would write the game you wanted to play on the popcorn bucket or on the on a piece of paper and throw it in the popcorn bucket, and they'd pull out two games or three games, depending on how many people were there. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then you said, okay, if you want to play this game, play over there. If you want to play that game, play over there. It worked great. So that was, that's awesome. I wish we would have done that. What my group does, which is you say nine. There's like always nine at my regular group, um, nine or eight or seven. We're always in a big group number is – and what I like to do is start with a good game for that many people that's not going to take very long and then make sure that while we're playing that game, we discuss – what other games we want to play so like we'll we'll sort it out while we play the giant game like we played between two cities or saboteur or something like that so picking a game also where it's easy to discuss between turns or yeah whatever. like don't do, don't pick resistance avalon and then think you're going to also talk about what right. games you're going to play next <laughs> yeah i i agree There's so I much agree. cinnamon in this beverage <laughs> While, while Cody hacks up along, Bryce, do you have any recommendations for picking games for a game group? Yes, yeah, so this is a, this is a common problem. So this is not exclusive to uh, uh, just our recent recent experience because this has happened a lot. And it's because gamers are usually pretty nice guys. Nobody likes to take charge. And, yeah, agreed. And just uh, make the decisions for everybody because they one per, if one person does that, then they're just picking all the games, and they they probably feel as bad about that by. The, uh, the end of the evening that they mm-hmm. chose everything. They just choose everything, yeah. So, I, and people have collections of uh, various sizes, but it doesn't matter what the size is because we're still faced with a whole lot of options, even if it's a, a giant collection or just a small collection. So I think it really helps not just to talk about what we want to play, but narrow it down beforehand. Have a list going into board game night of uh, like half a dozen titles that you would like to play that evening, and when it's your turn to pick what's coming up right. next, then you've got a selection, a variety of stuff that's ready to go. I mean, I like the idea of the sorting bucket. Mm-hmm. Bucket of choosing. Um, and even if not everyone felt comfortable putting the game in, then it would still, it would still work. Yeah. Because the previous game night at Peter's house, I really wanted to play Yokohama. So I'm not going to say it was pushy, but I was pretty assertive. Like, I'd like to play this. You know, if someone's willing to teach, that'd be great. And Chad ended up teaching me and Caleb. Yeah. Uh, and Marcus and it was it was great and the people downstairs played a couple of shorter games while we were playing that but uh, I definitely think you just have to be like if you want to play a game you just have to be assertive about it and uh, it would have been fine if I had said like upstairs we're gonna go you know I'm gonna go play this upstairs does anyone want to come and like mm-hmm. if I just would have said that but like I just you know I didn't want to step on anyone's toes and it was just kind of this little thing where no one really wanted to be the person who picked a game I think it also helps if the host like in the invitation says you know today we're gonna pick Today, or I, I'm inviting everyone over to play some medium to heavy games. Or, you know what, I'm inviting people over to play That's party true. games, and then if Scott doesn't want to play party games, 
he doesn't necessarily have to come. And and that leads into one of my big points about this, which is I, it's always helpful to get, and for multiple reasons, to get hyped about the game before. Yeah, game that night. makes sense. So I- even if it's between two people, like even you be like, you know, I, like this just happens with us all the time. Like, oh man, Food Chain Magnate, that game's, I, I've been wanting to play that. And then immediately a game, a session's being planned. But you can do that for game night too. You can just throw out, hey, is anybody interested in playing this? Just to get the conversation going. And then that, as long as, as long as you start before the game night, people can enter with an expectation. But two, I think that makes the game more fun because you're thinking about that game a little bit before you start playing the game. So you're anticipating a little bit. We also have a great resource here at Spielbound. If there's a game you've really been itching to play, schedule a demo of it. Use that as an opportunity mm-hmm. to get that on the calendar and get that done. And my, my, I have one last point, and this one, this is this is advice I'm taking from Reddit because I oftentimes just read Reddit's board games uh, forum. Uh, and that is you can gamify your game selection process. And the one that I liked the most was that you people got points for showing up to a game night. Like they just you create a set amount of points. So maybe you get five points to just attend game night. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a, a cumulative set of points. And then you can, when you go to suggest games, you bid with your own points what game you want to play. So you could, you know, if I really, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'll bid two to play Istanbul, whatever. But if I really want to play Istanbul, maybe I'll bid five or six or seven. I spend those points. So I won't get to choose games later, but then we'll get to play that game. Oh, that's So you can like gamify it a little How bit. How many points does a six pack of beer get you? And that's what I'm saying. You can gamify <laughs> it that way to get people to bring How pizza many? and beer over to your that's house. That's great. <laughs> and I would like to clarify, because I, I think we've dodged, ju- we skirted around Jacob's question a little bit, because we've been talking a lot about game nights, big, big events, maybe mm-hmm. once a month things. I think he's speaking more about, and I'm I, I rereading the question, it feels like he's speaking more about a weekly game group. Yeah. So a group That's of, the one I was talking about. Oh, okay. That's what you do for that. Yeah. So that week to week, if you don't, put anything up then your points roll over okay and so the more you're at that game group the more points you accrue the more games you get to choose uh-huh. yeah. i guess i was thinking of because most of my game groups that are weekly are really small only four or five people right and so if you're doing that and you're not playing a campaign game i think the easiest answer to that question is uh switch it up so once a month mm-hmm. everyone gets to one pick so first week of the month it's always billy second week of the month it's always timmy second third week of the month it's always angela Whoever it is, I think there's uh, no. There's it's always Angela. <laughs> the third time, you better get an Angela in your game group. So yeah, yeah, I think rotation. Make sure everyone's voice is heard, and that's why I also like the bidding, the bidding idea. Make sure, make sure everyone has a chance. Should we talk about his second question? Uh, let me uh, address one more thing. I okay. also like to caution people: don't put all your hopes on game night on getting one particular game played. Because if it doesn't happen, then you feel like game night's just been a total. Uh, lost opportunity and you wind up leaving that event disappointed or the other thing could happen you could play that game you've been excited about for a long time and you could just get crapped on that entire <laughs> game <laughs> that's true so th- this is what I like to do um, when I have options for what to play in my cool percussion bag that I bring to game nights to bring to Spielbound and stuff I have one game that I haven't played yet I have one game that I haven't played in a long time I have one game that I've been really excited about recently I want to teach other people. And I've got uh, something more casual, more party-ish. And uh, I'll, I'll always have a Steffenfeld in the bag as well. <laughs> Those are that, the five that's categories the beauty, of games. That's there the beauty go. of bringing games, though, is when you bring games to get-togethers, 
you just stack that bag with the stuff you want to play. And then it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter right. when they get picked. And right. I think so it's your turn. You lay out the bag. Right. You say, here's some options. What do you guys think? And then they'll pick to one, pick to, uh, point to one. And no matter what they, they point to, you're like, all right, great. Let's do it. I think um, what, one of the frustrations we were having is just we don't typically bring games to Peter's house because he has everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you say about having your game bag makes a lot of sense because – Everything in there has been curated already by you, right? Because um, mm-hmm. that—that's what happens. Like, I, I think people would feel a little more pressure to play something if, like, someone else brought it. Yeah, because um, I'll say that game nights. There's there's two different types of game nights, and I think we're kind of skirting around it. And this kind of goes to, to Jacob's second question. Um, game nights can be like four to six people, or they can be like nine or ten or twelve. And if you have the four to six people, then you're going to all play the same game, right? Uh, and if and usually it's easier to plan what you're gonna you play ahead of time or even schedule it as opposed to like just like we're going to play games that's a different situation than you know next Thursday we're gonna play Game of Thrones. So, Jacob's second question, and I already feel I love it. I already feel like this is gonna be a long podcast, and I love that. But Jacob said because we've answered one question and we're 12 minutes in. Yes. Jacob's second question: Do you have any advice for someone starting a weekly game group? Yes, I do, Jacob. I do have some advice for that. And the answer to that, in my opinion, is visit your local board game cafe and get involved there. Come to game demos to meet people. I think the biggest thing is meeting people who also like board games because then mm. it's easy to schedule a group because you want to play with people who like board games. So come to game demos. Meet the people who come to that. Come to Spielbound and put up your player wanted sign and find who's coming to you. And then if you guys have a good time together and play a fun game, you say, you know, you know what, I'm, I'm thinking of putting together a game group. Would you guys be interested? Introduce your friends to games. Find people who like games or find people you like and make them like games. Those are my two biggest And if you're advice. local, email Cecily at Spielbound.org and tell her you want to do a game demo. Yes. Then the people come to you. Yeah, so that's – so the, the other thought here is, is that saying if I want to find more people to play with. But let's assume that you're starting a game night and you already have the people. You know who it's going to be. But, like, what are the tips for, like – getting a good game night going that mm-hmm. doesn't exist yet because once you've got a flow of your game nights like after time everybody gets comfortable everybody knows what to expect and right just happen right. but when you're first starting like there are some things you can do like the, food the I, number like, of always texts have food. in the group chat always goes down after a few weeks mm-hmm. of game night because that first week everyone's like are we meeting where are we meeting and then after a few weeks it's just like automatic I would inv- I would invite at least one person like Bryce or Marcus or Caleb that has a percussion bag full of games yes. mm-hmm. because that person usually ends up getting a game played because uh, they're going to be a little bit more of a game starter. I've I've never quite been one of those people who's like, here's my bag of stuff I want to play. Like I'm usually either know exactly what I want to play or I'm just like, go with the flow. I like so start- invite those people. So I like starting with food because uh, as people trick one, it sets a time like, hey, we're gonna food's here at this time so if you're hungry like if you want food show up at this time which is usually the thing that gets people to show up to things right um but then as that as everybody kind of eats and if everybody's there ready to go right away you can start playing or you can just be eating and socializing a little bit but you have something to do while you're waiting for people to show up. and if people show up during the first game they have something to do while they're waiting for you to finish that game Mm -hmm. i also think curating your food selection is very important when you're talking about board games don't put out a bunch of cheetos and grease your fingers grease and uh, be very careful about what you do. Do stuff that you can have on a plate off to the side if you don't have yeah. table space or that is not going to get all over a game should you uh, should you spill it or use your fingers. I agree. So, Drink options are good. 
I, have a I will send Jacob a more comprehensive list of the games he can choose from, but I just wanted to highlight some of the stuff in my collection he can choose from. Ooh. I have to curate mine and figure out what I'm offering as well. So I have I offered. Ticket to Ride Europe. I have Catan City of the Knights, Catan Seafarers, Valdora. I have Puerto Rico. I have Chicken Caesar, Space Alert, Power Grid, Zombicide, Flashpoint, 51st State, The Castle, Zombies, Quarriers, Aura Labora, Star Trek Catan, Sushi Go Party, and a couple others. That's a that's a good list of games right there. Yeah, we haven't crapped on all those games. It's very no. diverse. I um oh un- unspeakable words, which I just played this weekend that's again, and I can I can give it away. It was on tabletop though. Uh, that doesn't make it a good. So game. if you want to be like <laughs> if you want to be like Jacob and win a game for my collection or maybe Jeff's collection, uh, my my collection's not that good. <laughs> not that oh, the other one the other one I want to highlight is you can have our copy of Seafall. Oh, I have actually. I, you know what? I have a full <laughs> copy of Seafall. <laughs> You, in fact, if you, you should give that the, away. the winning, the winning, pick. the winning email this week is going to get both a full copy of Seafall and the copy of Seafall that Scott, Cody, and I played. <laughs> so they're going to frame that. I, I remember when Jeff first got his copy of Seafall. He was so excited. Was he, so, he got so young. He was. Oh, he went down to Barnes and Noble and he <laughs> and he paid. Uh, it was it was actually on sale, right? I don't remember. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> let's oh, let's just assume it was not on sale. He was that excited. Yeah, he, he he I would have bought it for, full price. I almost bought it for one thirty at Gen Con when it was originally came out, and then I got I talked myself out of that. So what's the email? Spielcast at spielbound dot org. org. So you can email us and ask us a question, probably board game related. But if you want to throw like a PS in there, like. What's your favorite sports team or something oh, like what? that? What? <laughs> I, I, I totally saying, heard something. Throw a what in there? A PS. Oh, PS. that's oh. not what it sounded oh. like you said. A post. If you want to throw a postscript in there, you can ask us. Postscript. Yeah, I think you should just always <laughs> don't throw, throw that what out. The other thing we heard was in there, please. I heard postscript every time. So I want to ask this to Bryce. Uh, do we want to talk about the game that we played at the last game night? Which was Tortuga, or do we want to just say that that's too much negativity? <laughs> oh, I, I don't need. Well, there, there's, an, inter- need there's an interesting it. story behind it. Because uh, after we we is had this, this, is this what have you been playing? You guys have been yes. playing Tortuga. What have okay. you been playing? I have a lot of answers to this, but we can start. So with Tortuga. to give Tortuga an introduction, it was a Kickstarter game. Um, we got it in, and it's a two to nine player game that has hidden identities. Your privateers, either uh, French or British, and your ch- it's a team-based game, kind of like uh, Shadowhunters. And um, we played it four players, and my thought when we played it four players was, this will probably play better at a much higher player count because uh, because the hidden identity part wasn't real strong at four players because we just instantly figured out who each other were, and then it was a team-based game, and then we just played it as like a light strategy game, and it didn't play great as a light strategy game. Um, and then we played it at nine players, and nobody liked it except for one person. Was that the winner? No, it wasn't. Jack Sparrow. So, so Peter didn't <laughs> even Depp like this was game. Was just in the background laughing. And friend of the podcast, Peter likes every game. Wow. And he was he like halfway like halfway through. He was like trying to to make the clock run out so we could stop. Yeah, it was, it was pretty obvious. It was. Um, it was so kind of amusing. Like that was so, probably the most interesting thing that happened during yeah, the game. It was, it was, Peter tried to run this so thing one out. of the main mechanics is there's action there's five action cards that are face down 
and on your turn you can either choose to resolve one of the face down action cards or you can choose to secretly look at two of them uh, or you can choose to make another player pick two and resolve or pick one of the two that you pick and resolve one so the idea is you're going to get secret information uh, in a four-player game, that worked well because if you, if you knew some good stuff, you could make your your teammate do that. If you knew some bad stuff, you could make your other your the other team do it. In a nine-player game, it was terrible because those cards were never around that late. And in a nine-player game, you have a neutral, so you can you never really did know who was on your team for sure. Um, and I think my comment like halfway through the nine-player game was this is just a Kickstarter game that wasn't tested enough, especially at different player counts. Uh, do you think there's a player count that it might be good at? Well, when I played four, I was like, it'll be good at eight or nine. When I played nine, I was like, maybe it'll be better at five and six. So, And so that's no, an interesting question because we, we could ask, does it matter? If it says two to nine on the box, shouldn't it be a pretty mm -hmm. good experience at all at any of those player counts? Yes, some player so, counts are better than others, but shouldn't we at least feel satisfied so regardless of... I feel like we're going to talk about that. If I'm going to be... If, if this is full disclosure, I know we have like a thousand copies of this in the retail store. Yeah, I'm really just do. looking for like one good thing to say about it because <laughs> I'm sure Caleb's throwing his computer at the wall right now <laughs> listening to us talk poorly about a game we have a bunch of True. copies of. There, there's a lot of hype <laughs> and uh, optimism and excitement about this game, which is why he got in on I that. I feel like Pirates is the big missed theme. Like, there's just not enough good right. pirate games. And it, was, it took a and long, it like, long time for me to finally find a decent yeah. pirate game. So, and I feel like it's true of board so games. It's true of movies. It's true of video games. There's not a lot of good of any of those three things. Libertalia, man. Black Flag there says, are good up? games, okay. but there's there not so enough good games too. for how awesome pirates right. should be. Okay. Should, should pirates be are awesome. Win-win genre. So I can't, we can't say one good thing about this. Um, I think Bryce was a little critical of this on social media and the designer contacted you? That's right, oh. yeah. So, so after we got done with this play, I went home and... I figured, I usually, you like to play a game a few times before you give it a rating. But if you have no intention of ever playing the game again, you might as well give the rating <laughs> then. So that's what I did. And it wasn't a terrible rating. It was a slightly below average rating. I gave it a 4. Uh, 4 out of 10 on Board Game Geek. And I got this private message from the designer saying, you were one of the first people who have commented negatively on this, uh, on my game. Can you provide some more detail and explanation about why that was. What did you not enjoy about the experience? Hmm. So I went back to the game group and solicited all of their feedback, plus both from what we talked about after the game and uh, some written up thoughts afterwards. And I wound up having a couple of pages of feedback that I then oh, no. messaged back to this guy. About I, for the record, I don't know where this like. story is going, and I'm sure I'm with the listener. I feel like I'm about to watch uh, a car. I've heard the tires screech. I'm now waiting for the crunch. What happened? You sent him two pages? Yeah, two pages of uh, negative feedback. And what did he say to that? Oh, he went, you know what? All right, so here's something good. Here's the mark of a good designer when they can take feedback, positive or negative, and try to apply it positively to, to their game. And this also goes to what Scott was saying about this not feeling like a finished product, feeling like a Kickstarter game. It's one of the things the designer told me was that, oh, we're working on a second edition, and there's some stuff that we can consider here to implement in that. that well, there we go. Positive interaction. There was no crunch from bumper on bumper. It was just... It's, very, it's like the unsatisfying time when you're laying in bed and you hear that... And you were just waiting for the crunch, and you kind of want it to happen a little bit, but yeah. not really. So we just poached. <laughs> we just poached Dane Cook's joke. We both did it. We did it together. <laughs> I don't. I'm not ashamed. 
So the good news Cheers. is hopefully so there will be his only good joke. <laughs> hopefully there will be uh, version two of the rules. Um, and I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, uh, playing two to two to nine is maybe too ambitious. Um, but I, I have I have faith that this game will get better. I mean, uh, Viticulture is a game I've often talked about. Like I play tested that game way 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 before it was out, and then I play tested it like since it's been out and like quote unquote it shipped and it was done. But like the rules have changed a lot since then, including new additions, and uh, it's getting better and better. Uh, so I think there's hope for this game. Yeah. Um, I think it uh, was a little ambitious to be nine. And, you know, I think that the designer did point out that, well, it's meant to be a light game, and everyone that was playing was a relatively heavy gamer. Yeah, one of his most interesting comments was that he thought he saw this game as a strategy game, not as a hidden information deduction game, which is what it totally felt like it wanted to be to me. So I played this game at four players where we instantly figured out who was on whose team because there's no neutrals. And it was better as a strategy game. It was better as like, how do we work together to manipulate this? Like it was a fun team-based game. I'm not sure if we played four on four instead of nine player game, it would have been better. But uh, there was some, there was definitely some strategy stuff where we could work together and use. Um, Jeff's worried about the time, so we're gonna move on. No, I wasn't looking at the time. I felt my phone buzz. And then oh. I slammed, then I it, slammed it on the ground. Uh, so we've definitely been playing some stuff. We've been playing some stuff. I want to just talk about what I've been playing just briefly because we already brought it up. Before all this stuff, I'll just say, because talk, we talk about these games all the time. Uh, but uh, I've played with some old college buddies, and I taught them Nefarious, which was a really great no, game no. to teach uh, Donald X Vaccarino. Yes. Was that correct? Yeah, two out oh, of three. Oh, so good. Bryce is so, a fan. Yeah. So, Ooh, really? Like that game, taught, taught some friends that game, and then we were still waiting for more people to show up. It was just three of us. And, and I was like, well, the next step up from this is Libertalia. Like, in, instead of just selecting from one from four, now you're going to have a little more heavy strategy. It was amazing. It was such a great progression. It was so much more in-depth, but I feel like it put people in the right state of mind. Is that a Donald game? No. That is okay. Paolo e Mauri. Yeah. Mauri, okay. I also want to talk really briefly about yeah, what I've it. been playing. Uh, I bought a new game called Aeon's End, which has been out for about a year now. Um, and I played it once right when it first came out, but I had a chance to sit down and play it. And this game has two really interesting mechanics. I would call this game Sentinels of the Multiverse meets deck building, because it is a deck builder. Um, but you're facing against one major foe, kind of like in Sentinels of the Multiverse, who has their own special powers. Every, every foe feels a little bit different. But this game has two mechanics that I think are really, really interesting. The first is that, unlike most deck builders, I think it makes it more strategic, you do not ever shuffle your hand. I love that. That's so cool. You you put cards into your discard pile. When you have to draw a card and you have none left in your draw pile, you flip your discard pile over without shuffling it, and it becomes your draw pile. So the order that you discard things in and the order that you buy things in becomes really important um, because you want to put these two cards next together because they really complement hmm. one another. That's very interesting. But this card... this. But this card maybe takes two turns to play, so now this turn I need to discard this turn first, so next turn that one becomes the first one. It becomes really thinky, but not in a way that I think promotes analysis paralysis. So if you have eidetic or eidetic memory, you just win the game? No, because you still are playing a game. Like you, It's not like... But if you knew... But you would get to call your shots. Yeah, you would know cards. what you're going to do in turn in advance. Okay. Um, the second mechanic that okay. it has that I think is really interesting is unlike... 99.99% of games out there 
Uh, there is no set turn order. You have a deck of six cards that you... This is the, These are the only cards you shuffle in the game. You shuffle these six cards. Two of them are nemesis cards. Four of them are player cards. And, mm -hmm. you know, if it's two-player, it's two of player one and two of player two. And at the beginning of every turn, you flip a card. Whoever is there gets that turn. Um, so the nemesis could go twice in a row, or the players could go four times before the nemesis even gets a chance. But then the nemesis goes twice in a row. You shuffle the cards again to start the next set of turns, and then the nemesis goes twice in a row again. I mean, it, the, the possibilities here are really crazy just in the way that the turn orders interact because you can also affect what your other what your partner's doing. And so if you get to go twice before they go, you can really affect what they're doing and really change up their turn. It, it, may, it takes the idea of a deck builder and those two mechanics just twist it on its head just enough to really, really make it fun and interesting. And I think it's a game I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep playing. How, in how long would you say that game takes to play? Not What's the long. game called again? 45 minutes to an hour. Aeon's End. Aeon's End. Aeon's End, okay. Yeah. It, it's, not, it's not a super long game. If someone mm. knows how to do deck builders, you can literally teach them. I, I just taught them that game if they already know how to do deck builders. Mm. There's one other thing that's a little wonky um, that I won't get into, but other than that, it's it's really quick to pick up if you already know how to play a deck builder. So you like that game? I liked it a lot. All right, very cool. I've been playing some fun stuff. First of all, if you guys would like to address me by my new title, the Panda Master, uh, that will be acceptable. You win I, I refuse to talk about the tournament. <laughs> we did have a Takunoku tournament. Did you win it? I did oh, win it after I finishing no. second we every should, single tournament I've ever played in here at Spielbound. I finally broke through. And you wow. should have uh, first. A plus on the humble brag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> second, you should have told us before. We could have just absolutely introduced you as the Panda Master. Oh, oh, oh missed Too opportunity. So, Mr. Panda Master, what strategy did you employ? Mm. Was it get all the feed cards? All right. I, no, it was uh, plots. I like the blue plot cards. Huh. Because everybody else is going for the pandas, which means other people like to put out plots, the, the terrain, to grow the food so the panda can eat them. So I like to draw a bunch of plot cards and rack up points really quick with huh. those. So you like to take advantage of Takanoko by using the game think surrounding the game because yeah. I've, all I've heard people say about the strategy of that game is just get a bunch of panda cards right. and then you win. Nope, I never completed An more than two, maybe three. In Takanoko. Wow. Da, da, da. Does that game hold up? Oh, yeah. I love Takanoko. That was one of my top tens. Well... Uh, also, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Mark Wilson and all the Tri-State Gamers up in Sioux City. They had a convention uh, just a couple of weekends ago. Uh, and this convention Ooh, is getting better and better every time they run. Them. It's getting really big. It's getting comparable to uh, Pretzcon and Nukon size nice. now. They're That's doing awesome. a lot of successful stuff up there. Is really growing the community. Sioux City, you said? Yeah. Is it just board games? Uh, no, it is a combination of uh, role-playing, wargaming, and... Uh, board games. Okay. Huge role-playing presence up there. It was really stunning, in fact, to see like a dozen tables of role-playing going non-stop, 24-7. Were there people shouting, trying to be more theatrical than the table next to them? On occasion. <laughs> which, which is the, the downside <laughs> of that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, but I played a cool game up there that Warren originally taught me. Uh, Wasteland Express Delivery, delivery service, service. Which I was tons of fun. That's a pickup and delivery like game set in the post-apocalyptic yeah. future. Is it that like turn really in taxes, but with a wasteland theme? Nope, because uh, there's no route building in it. It's all about okay. uh, grabbing stuff and taking it somewhere else and making money and fighting what type uh, of game is it? other shooting trucks. Some, it's kind of like some bandits. it's a pickup and delivery game. Think of this as uh, kind of a Mad Max sort of 
More like a merchant theme. of Venus, right? But what's the game? Merchant of Venus meets uh, Mad Max, yeah. Uh, but the really cool thing, which is uh, why I don't like Merchant of Venus, the movement system on Merchant of Venus is really wonky and garbage. frustrating. I think I, the I hate garbage it. is the word you're looking right, for. That game is. does not hold up. But really cool movement system in Wasteland Delivery Express, <laughs> where you have a dashboard that you essentially action program what you want your truck to do and then it and then it does it hmm. but you you would play it again yeah okay i've heard mixed and i haven't played it so i'm, I'm eager to hear somebody else say they like have, it because it's intriguing sounding have we played have we talked about codenames duet yet yeah we talked about it last week okay i was going to talk about a game that you and i played and i know bryce has played this game as well before and that is a game that we played before this podcast just you and i yes uh food chain magnate which has been kind of a buzz. The new Splatter. Uh, <laughs> Splatter is a very aggressive H. A new, a new Splatter. It's the new Splatter title. And I will tell you, this game lasted about ten rounds. Would you say, Scott? Ish. Sure. And at the end of the seventh round, the score was a hundred and fifty-five to thirty. Me. Jeff was kicking <laughs> my butt. At the end of the game, the score was a hundred and eighty to three hundred and eighty. Scott. Oh. So those last three rounds little, did not little, go so yeah, hot. For you can make a lot of money real quick in that game. Yeah. Uh, Don't feel like you're ever out, ever out of it. And I I had a great system going, and then McDonald's was, came in. So what up? I basically <laughs> what happened? I felt like the like the nice like mom and pop diner, and then Scott came in as McDonald's because the first couple games, all he was doing was hiring people getting everything set up, and I saw that's what he was doing, but I thought I was going to be able to end it before he was able to do that, and holy buckets was I wrong, because I was just, literally, all I was doing was selling cola. I had cola, people were buying Here's it. Mr. Soda Shop. Like, paying me a bunch for the cola, and then Scott just comes in and just undercuts me on price and cola, and then like oh, three other good. items, and it was one of the most, the last three games of that turn, or the last three turns of that game were three of the most frustrating turns I've ever made because I made $15 <laughs> in three turns, which is so, nothing. Shout out to the McDonald's, whatever that movie is, the fictional. Super Size Me? No, the, no. the new one that the founder? goes. Yeah, the founder. Uh, because I felt like when I play this game, I feel like the founder, like you've, you're, you're trying to just find your market advantage here. Um, we I don't think we've talked about this game on the podcast before. I want so I'm the one of us four who hasn't played it. So Correct. I I want the brief rundown, but like keep it brief, y'all. Well, that's, so that's, that's pretty tough to do with Food Chain Magnet, actually. I, well, so brief. I'm gonna say that the the popular opinion about this game is that it's so complicated and so heavy. It's pretty simple. It's really not that. Complicated. It's it's incredibly simple. Um, the reason it gets complicated is because your turns can get long, and it does. You have to pay careful attention to what's going on, so it could lend itself to analysis paralysis. Uh, uh, it, it gets that reputation because there's a process behind actually accomplishing everything, which is a trademark of Splatter games. This yeah. is a feature that's present in all their games. You don't just take an action and do something. There's a lot of setting up, and uh, there's a step one, step two, step three, step four, and then stuff happens. Yeah, and there's yeah, a lot of decisions to be made every turn, which if you get people who take a long time to make decisions can make the game very long. So, so the I, theme, I know the theme. Yeah, that's what I want to The theme, theme uh, I'm, I'm just going to go out and say, like, people laugh when they hear the theme of this, like, funny, like, when you explain this game, you say, we have the sleepy village. You can name the village if you want. Uh, and there's no these, these people have never had restaurant food before <laughs> and they don't know they want restaurant food And so you can open up a restaurant and start producing stuff 
they're not going to come until you advertise to them. So you have to advertise in this game. You have to create demand for your product. These people don't know that they need sugar water known as cola. They don't need they, they don't know need whatever. Just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's also a nice joke. In this just game, someone runs. So <laughs> your your point here is to sell your your the things that you produce, whether it's hamburgers or pizza or different types of drinks. Mm. But these people don't natively have desire for them. You have to run marketing campaigns to create that desire. And the reason this game is awesome and the reason that it has a lot of player interaction, I think, is because just because Jeff runs a, a marketing campaign for Coca-Cola doesn't mean I can't produce that, undercut him, and sell customers from the... Almost like the, that's exactly mm. what happened. Oh, <laughs> I created I all this How amazing convenient. demand for pizza, and then Scott's like, hey, guys, my pizza is a dollar cheaper. And for some, yeah, for some reason, they didn't want to pay like $30 a pizza for... I wasn't even pay, I wasn't even making it that expensive. Scott was a dollar cheaper. So the, ex- the, the explanation to Jeff was like, this is how you do stuff, was pretty short, and then we were playing. Mm-hmm. Figuring out how systems interact with each other takes a little longer. Um, there's an easy game that, that I learned first. Um, and in that game, you don't have to pay most of your employees. And, uh, the other thing is you don't have what's called milestones. So a milestone is the first person to do something gets this benefit. And these, these are major game changing benefits. If you don't get milestones, you will not win this game. Mm. And I would argue that in the intro game, you should still have to pay your employee. You still have to pay the employees that need to be paid, but maybe you don't do the milestones. I mean, just to cover you li- legally from the Department of Labor, I would s- suspect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and just like That's the expansion, yeah. uh, <laughs> the Department of one Labor player, expansion. One player plays right. the Department of Labor. And this game, people may not agree with me, but I think it thematically works pretty well all the way through. Um, so if you can't pay your employees that you have to pay, for example, they get fired. Like, you don't have a choice. They get fired. And like, well... That's what happens in real life. When the company can't pay their employees, they get fired. You can also arbitrarily fire somebody if Correct. you decide they're not pulling well, their weight anymore. Well, not arbitrarily, Bryce. You want to do it with reasons, right? Well. It's not their fault they got <laughs> fired, but you, you know, as the CEO. I always like to pretend it's arbitrary because I like that rush of power I get when I do it. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, Scott. I think this game thematically works really well, and I honestly think this is a really good game. I only have one minor criticism of it that is fixed the second time you play this game, which is... I think if you if I had placed my building at the very beginning in a different place, the game would have been a blowout. I would have destroyed you. Now, granted, you would have made st- different strategic decisions, but like you would not have been able to overcome because we decided at the end where that would have been. And the fact that that early on you have to make a decision that will end up deciding the game that's an that important quick. decision i was really surprised the first time I played how big a difference that made after the game was over, and yes. I saw. The result, but now the second time I play, I know that, and so so I have a couple of surface impressions about the game. I've never played it, but I've of course it's been around. I've heard a lot about it. I love the theme. The theme fits into a category uh, where so splatter games are like notoriously like like they don't print on the back of the box, and like it's the artwork is really they're bad. Pr- they're pretty expensive, but it's not. Uh, well, I haven't seen the component, but like. It still has a, a like a weird '50s diner right. vibe to it. So like the artwork has a cool vibe to it, but like the pieces are just like they just like 
there's squares and stuff, right? Like it's, there's nothing. But really, the tiles no, look like it, prototypes. These ones are yeah. the pizza is wooden triangles, but the you no, know, yeah. they're shaped like pizza. It comes with two hundred wooden <laughs> things. Like there's a reason gotcha. the game costs. And, and they're molded okay. pieces. They're nice. Yeah. So so all of that I love about the theme because immediately you guys uh, and I'm trying to think of what other games we've talked about that do this. Oh, Suburbia is same same way. I like Suburbia's theme specifically because it's vague enough that you get to decide exactly what has happened. Like. Right. Like you just decided you were McDonald's, like, right. it, but the game didn't tell you you were McDonald's. You just figured that out by how cruel and horrible you were, uh, <laughs> and generally ba- good for you, bad for right. the rest of humanity. Um, well, no so one, no, no one knew they wanted Coca-Cola until Coca-Cola advertised a bunch, right? Like, exactly. And now everybody in the South calls also to Coke. Uh, <laughs> so th- my other thought is, is this game fits into a category of game that I'm realizing exists and I think I'll play them more now that I understand that they exist and that is I would never play this with somebody on the fringe of the hobby like there's there's not a gateway game there's certain but not even that like there's gateway and then there's complicated but somebody might like some games and be game for a more complicated game that's not this type of game this is like I only want to play this with people who listen to board game podcasts. Right. Like like that yeah. like there's that depth. That's a completely fair assessment and that's even what Splatter goes for so that they yeah. they would agree with that. I, and I don't think that necessarily means that the game is super complicated because I still don't know that it is, but it's just the the meld of mechanic like the way mm-hmm. the mechanics lay out you have to know how those mechanics are going to work and kind of know how board ba- games Basically, work. everybody at the table has to be able to to dedicate as little as possible to understanding the mechanics on their surface level yes. because all of the game is in how those mechanics interact. Right. Right. There's like Yokohama is like that. Like all the mechanics make sense, but you just the game will just let you spin around in right. circles. So yeah. I have um, I have two complaints about it. One of them I think is a legitimate complaint, but ultimately doesn't matter. The the money that it comes with are one five ten fifty, which is just a weird. It's, all, it's also paper and it's money. paper, uh, uh, which is a complaint about the components. Faux-pas. But you just use chips, like Jeff went and grabbed the chips. That's and was, right. Yeah. And I the other reason, the other reason it's a complaint is because everything in the game is open knowledge. Like you can ask someone to see what cards they have, uh, not they're not using, or how much money. So like having chips makes it really easy. Public record. Um, the real complaint, which I don't think is a super big complaint, is. The game will have a turn or two where people just explode, where demand just explodes, and it doesn't seem like there's a way to like have your engine ready for that unless you knew it was coming. Um, and what I mean by that is just uh, people who I've talked to who've played the game hundreds of times, because there are people who have played this game a lot, because people play it online, have said that the score, ending score, is never close. Mm-hmm. Someone always wins. Mm. Um, but that's one of the things I really like about the game is, like I said, I, I feel like there's a lot of player interaction in that your goal is to steal customers from other players and sell your stuff to them because anything you produce that doesn't get sold just instantly spoils after that turn. Mm. Now, uh, usually I wouldn't like a game like that where the score differential has the potential to right. be so huge, but since it happens towards the end of the game... Right, yes. exactly. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. it, it's okay because... It feels like that person has earned it. Yeah. So but I I wasn't nef- I wasn't like had some great plan where I was going to beat Jeff and I was going to shut him out. But I mean Jeff and I talked about it during the game was like well unless I like just get all the money left in the bank which is how the game which ends. if you did the math is exactly what happened. Uh huh. <laughs> unless that happens I, I wasn't going to win and that just happened to happen because I just anticipated 
there was going to be demand. And I've never played a game where turn order is so important in a game because you want to go first to get uh, some of the one-time the, the, the one-time cards or the limited cards or whatever, but you want to go second because you want to let other people market for you so then you know what to produce and you know what guys to get and, and, and be able to establish for next turn. This game has only a little bit of luck, which is the very starting. Like you pick some person to pick their, put their first starting restaurant there and their you know starting player or whatever. That's the only luck and the only randomness involved in the entire game. That's another splattered trademark. That's what they try to do is design things with no luck, whatever. Which, which is I, why they I advertise on the box 100% dice free. Which is awesome. I, I think, I, and I really liked this game, and I'm really excited to play it with bigger player counts. I feel like it's one of those games that I'm never going to be good at. Hmm. Um, but there is one thing that frustrated me, which is there is no penalty. I feel like it, it de-incentivizes careful planning. It incentivizes planning, but de-incentivizes careful planning because there's no incentive at the end of your turn to not have a bunch of leftover food. You can make 30 burgers, and if demand is two, you sell your two burgers, and then the other 28 burgers spoil with no penalty. Which in real business would be horrible, right? Mm -hmm. If you spoil 28 <laughs> yeah, yeah. burgers. And so I feel like it incentivizes planning to make burgers, but de-incentivizes that careful planning that might cause the score to be a little bit closer, where I'm only going to make six burgers, because I think demand's going to be like six to nine, but I don't want to have to end up paying for all these spoiled burgers. Hmm. And that would allow the other person then to come in and maybe get some of, some of your dregs. And, uh, and, and it would incentivize more careful planning and maybe make the game a little bit closer. Ooh, that's but again, that's a very, very nitpicky thing to so say. I, that's a good this insight, is a great though. game. I set up this game, taught Jeff, and we played in probably 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, there was some teardown involved in it, but I immediately wanted to play again. Mm. Immediately. Um, Jeff had made the bold claim that he thought Terrahoring Mars was maybe the best game ever made oh, last. Oh, don't even try I'm to I'm not going to say I did play Terrahoring <laughs> Mars on one of the new maps since then. Um, just to kind of... I don't have a problem with Jeff's statement that, that he thinks Seraphorian Mars is one of the best games or the best game ever made. I will just say I don't enjoy it for a couple of reasons. I don't like cards. I don't like the randomness involved in cards. I, I don't like that you can't have a long game strategy because of the cards. And that game uh, lends itself to people uh, getting analysis paralysis, which I think Food Chain might too, uh, just because you can get a lot of cards in Food Chain and you can try to feel like you have to be the type of person in food chain magnate to just know that you're not going to play all of your cards all the time and you're just going to take your actions. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. So I think we're definitely ready to talk about our next game. But I will say, um, Scott, if everybody around you has analysis paralysis, it might just be that you're impatient. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I do like... <laughs> I disagree with that statement <laughs> very much. Like, Jeff and I have a conversation about this during the everywhere. game is because... Because that's one of the things that people don't, or, or people are scared away by food chain magnet, and it's it's kind of Splatter's fault because it says two to three hours on the box. Sure. If it said one to three, then that would tell, hey, we could play a two-player game if we already know how to play in an hour. Mm. Um, because there's no reason that game has to take forever, especially. I two feel like players. you and I could play in an hour. At yeah. This point. And that game, it, it's since it's a game that has an incredible amount of player. That's the thing I don't like about Terraforming Mars is there's just not a lot of player interaction other than mm. so the cards, which seem a little <laughs> arbitrary and spiteful to me that are just like, hey, now I'm randomly going to punish you, even though that's not what the, the whole point of the game. Uh, this game doesn't. <laughs> uh, Food Chain has a lot of player interaction because you have to pay attention to what your other people are doing. 
And I don't know how many times I asked Jeff, probably five or six. I was like, what is in your beach? Which means what, what are the cards you didn't play this round so that I, I could anticipate what was going to happen? Like you have to pay attention to what other people are doing. And if you don't, you're going to get punished. Um, Before we move on to the other game, I have a bit of board game news. Oh, sweet. Are you ready? Yep. Are you ready? Right. <laughs> Wait, no. That's, that's not <laughs> your job. Time for some news about board games. So Spielcast, and I don't have too many details yet, but you will. We will continue to reveal them as time goes on. Spielcast will be hosting an event in the coming future. We're thinking. We're thinking it's going to be a Saturday in October. And again, we'll keep you updated. But Spielcast will be hosting a board game Jeopardy tournament. So if you like board game trivia, if you think you could win a board game Jeopardy tournament, please, please keep an eye on that. I'm sure we'll be posting about it on Facebook and everything. I know Bryce has expressed some interest in competing. Um, My plan is to do a four-game tournament with nine people, so three games of three and the winners then play each other. But I don't know if there's a lot of interest, which I don't know if there will be or not. Maybe it won't be. uh, Maybe it won't be that big, or maybe it'll be even bigger. Who knows? But I'm writing all the questions. Um, and that is a lot harder than it sounds. Writing my questions my plan games. will be to take whatever you come up with and make it observable to the average human being. That's my goal. What do you mean observable? Like I would like for – so, yeah, I want to come play Board Game Jeopardy, but maybe I just want to come watch Board Game Jeopardy. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I was hoping we could Facebook Live it like, too. And like that's going to be – like whatever you, – you guys get the knowledge. I will just – my goal will be to make it interesting to sit here and watch. Yes. Can Maybe there will be some prize giveaways. Take a moment and just reflect on how amazing Jeopardy is. It's so great. Like that. Like what the mechanics is of Jeopardy? The greatest game of all time. It's Probably Jeopardy. Jeopardy. It's Jeopardy. Yeah, that, well, that was the. the I already gave the answer. Yeah, I gave I the answer like, in the form of a question. Come on. Uh, which will be required in this tournament. But I mean, as think well. about. Are you talking Jeopardy. about game shows? No, I yes, just think about yeah, the mechanics yes. of Jeopardy and think about the, the daily doubles and then think about the wager in your final boom, Jeopardy. Boom, boom. I do. I also have access to a buzzer system as well. I got a buzzer. That's the exciting. Game, the game teaches you how to play in the early rounds. And if you don't do super well in the early rounds, it doesn't necessarily matter that much unless you're playing against a buzzsaw. It's just such a good game. It's it just is. such a good format. I actually I watch. This is going to be an embarrassing, nerdy thing to admit. Uh, when I'm home alone doing and I'm bored, I watch old episodes of Jeopardy and I keep score and see how I do. Oh, I used to go. <laughs> I used to do that against my wife all the time. <laughs> That's so, fun. Uh, which game show has been the most successfully adapted into a board game? I played a lot of Jeopardy the board game when I was a kid. Not going to lie. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, it works so well as a board game. clearly Mike Drop Celebrity Apprentice. I actually own the Apprentice board game. I know. I might demo it sometime. That's why he might have it. Bryce, what do you think? You've got to have an it answer. It has an electronic console <sighs> that I would guides say everything. probably none of them. None Jeopardy of them. so good like as a board game? It's have you played I, Jeopardy I, I, board game? No, and no okay. but I, I remember we had a Wheel of Fortune board game growing up, and there were like maybe like a dozen different puzzles. That got really quick. Did they make a win-lose or draw board game? Because that just feels like a board game that turned into a game show. I don't even know what I don't even know what win lose or draw is. Oh my god, you're such a <laughs> you're so young. Next year, uh, I think what? I was born after win lose or draw oh had been man. canceled. <coughs> I feel like the loser so, here. So growing up, Bryce, we played a ridiculous amount of Jeopardy the board game, and uh, in our f- four a group of four friends, only two people had any trivia knowledge, uh, which is one of the reasons I didn't like it because I was terrible. Mm. And uh, it it's really good though, like it just lends itself like it is a board game basically. 
Did one person have to be the host? I think trivia. People fought who, who got to be the host because they, they didn't want to get beat by the other person. I think trivia when I was a little kid. Answer to that question, I'd make though. a good host. But, okay. You know, we had a, we had a um, Wheel of Fortune We had a board who game. wants to be a millionaire it was as pretty well. Good. But I think trivia is a cop-out answer. But you know what? You know what I think would be cool? You guys know Press Your Luck? Yes. yes. No whammy. No whammy. No, that would be a with good word app. game. Because there's could work with an built app. in Press Your Luck. Mechanic. Is that a board game, though? It could be. It could be. It's not, but uh, that's what I think would make a really good one. I think uh, there's there's some good copies of like, I, I mean there has to be right like password, sixty four thousand dollar period. Right. There's yeah. versions mm. of that that aren't called that. I mean, who wants to be a millionaire? But that's a, another trivia yeah. game. I think trivia is a cop out for that answer. But you can't take like a physical game and turn it into a board game. That's what you think. They've tried. There's a Survivor board game out there, and I love Survivor, <laughs> but whoo, <laughs> bad. We can come up with a better one. It's not good. There we go. All right, so Jeff and Scott should we talk podcast. about this other game before we talk about what Bryce wants to talk about really quick? Yes. yes. So we that. played, all four of us before the podcast played Unearth, which is the new hotness that Jeff played at Dice Tower Con. Uh, not true. My friend brought it back from Gen Con. His friend brought it back from Gen Con, which is roughly the same thing. I just want to make sure we're factually As a good yeah. alternate yeah. history. Yeah, <laughs> Thank it's you. fine. It's fine. It's not so like we talked about it on the Jeff podcast. Jeff gave us his rundown last podcast. We did. I um, oh, I, we did, yes. The question did. is, did... The new people who played it enjoy it. Cody, did you enjoy it? <laughs> We're going to start with Bryce. Cody. Let's start with Bryce. Bryce, did you enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, I would. So I probably enjoyed it a little bit more than everybody else. But uh, all things considered, what it wasn't that great. And I'll throw out my reasons why first. <laughs> was it felt a little tedious? Because on your turn, your turn was always the same. Point at a card, roll a dice, maybe you play a card. And the cards were probably the most interesting thing. Uh, and then just... Rinse, wash, and repeat. I will say that my opinion of the game and whether the game or not is good are not necessarily tied to one another because there there's Why probably not? about four elements of luck in the game, maybe maybe That's four. A lot for a game. Four different elements, you know, but it's a dice game, so you expect someone like I expect for there to be swings in a dice game, but <laughs> I got so hamstrung. And now I did not play the best. Like I obviously I made a, what was clearly a horrible decision when I was already way on tilt. So by the time I had taken my second turn, Jeff had already earned four turns worth of tokens. Like literally, I couldn't even like you were so far ahead. Like so, there was one random thing where the little cards. So you you, you beat me there. Um, then the other big one to me, well, just dice rolling in general. I just never hit the numbers I wanted. Um, but then the other issue was you you set collected in the game like all the cards had different colors. I don't know. I didn't talk about it during the game because I was just sitting there stewing in the corner. Uh, <laughs> but we all sort of picked our color, right? Yeah. Yep. I, yeah. So definitely. so I picked blue. Um, and did anybody else gather any blue? Nope. nope. I had red. There were three. There were only three blue cards in the whole stupid game. I picked. I randomly picked the color so that ended pull, up. You pull five out at the beginning. And I didn't realize that because I, well, I, I didn't know that either. I picked purple, and there were five purple cards. And Bryce yeah, got. You pull someone got the fifth one. Out. I didn't yeah. get my fifth I one. So, um, yeah. I will say this is almost the exact criticism I had with it at two players that I thought would be fixed. Is you kind of go after what you want to go after, and there's really not too much competition. There was more competition in the four-player yeah. game than and, there was in the two-player game. And there was game. some fun table discussion where we where we pointed out who was winning, and then we had an argument over yeah. who was going to waste time stopping them. I was at one point winning, but and it Jeff was, was like Scott's pretty ineffective win. about stopping people from getting that card that they wanted. Um, well, you did the correct decision, Bryce, which was get two colors. 
And then you can that get. That seemed like a good idea. I have, I have a, I have a, <laughs> I have an admission of guilt, and Co- I'm afraid because Cody might punch me. Um, <laughs> I met, I messed up a rule. Oh, I realized it about halfway through the game, and then decided I would ad- admit it to you guys on the podcast. Oh, excellent! All, at one All time. right, let's hear um, it. At the beginning of the game, everyone is supposed to get one ruin card. So one of the cards that you can collect uh, face down. And it stays face down for the entire game. For the you whole game. It. Okay, oh, so gotcha. now there's five elements of luck in the game. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, but theoretically, uh, you that, could that's use, really interesting because that those ruin could, cards. There was a lot of variants and ones that seemed more worthwhile than others. Wait, right. the ruins were the big, big. The ruin cards. were the big cards. The big colored cards. So it would, oh, help, big, it would okay. maybe guide you. Oh, right, right. Now, okay. let me. Right, so cool. let's let's just refresh really quick. So in this game, you roll a die. You put your die on the ruin cards, which are different colors. Uh, if you roll, if your die roll is three or less, you get to take a resource off of the card. Mm-hmm. Whoever has the highest number die wins that card for set collection. Uh, the most is five. For five cards, you get thirty points. Um, if you have, it, it's just whoever has the highest die on it wins. It doesn't matter if you have a cumulative dice score of more. So you either want to roll really high or really low. Middling mm-hmm. rolls are really frustrating. Uh, one cool yeah. thing about the game is it does you do get a little bit of agency. There's three six-sided dies. There's one eight-sided and one four-sided. I love that about the game. I think yeah. that was a good, so, good decision. So the things that I love about this game um, are the dice. I do like the dice. I like rolling D8s and I like rolling D4s. Um, the artwork is spectacular. I just I l- I've seen cubes on hexes not work. Uh, what's that stupid cat? Thing. There's a cat game that. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, there's ugh. that your wife bought and she thought it was. 3D. We thought it, it looked. It clearly looked like we, it was cat dice, and we were going to stack cat dice on top of each other. Oh, it looked yeah. amazing. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And it's not that. It, there, it's the it's hexes. Right. That's very that, sad. That look like the artwork on the box made them look three dimensional. Yeah, and so, but this is a really good use of that, and it just makes it look pretty. It looks like what we were talking before, a new independent video game like the artwork is really cool it looks like the artwork is very reminiscent of monument valley which was an independent video game so oh well there you go for for this for me i i don't think there's anything wrong with any of the mechanics and i think i just have plenty of games that already fit what i would use this for which is somebody new maybe to maybe maybe new to games entirely maybe close maybe gatewaying in like this is a good game to introduce new people because it's pretty it shows people what board games can be there's not a ton of strategy you have to figure out but there's a little bit of strategy you get to pick a path um so but i already have plenty of board games to introduce people and if you get beat out for cards uh so if you have dice on the card and you didn't win it you didn't have the highest value die for every die you have there you get a draw a helper bee or, or a card that just mm-hmm. gives you some random ability. So yeah. you are you are alluding to the fact that we were comparing this game to bees because there's two very similar mechanics to right. this game. Yeah, the like like uh, in Marcus's Marcus Ross's bees, mm-hmm. which will be shipping out very soon if you kickstarted it. Um, the game felt a lot like Dragon's Gold to me because you use the cumulative numbers of the dice to defeat the ruins mm-hmm. cards, um, and if you if you don't kill the card like your dice could just be stuck there until someone decides to pony up and kill that card or whatever um and that game also has kind of a petering at the end where like the game ends when you kill everything and like towards the end like you were saying bryce it just like we were just waiting to like Mm -hmm. be done with the game but it It was was kind of an anticlimactic ending yeah but it's a really pretty version of a gateway game i like it 
It's you don't think it's, it's pretty? I think it's pretty. No, I don't. I don't want to call it a game. It's just got so much luck. Yeah. All right. So here's my question about luck, because luck is not necessarily a bad thing if it balances out amongst all the players. Correct. Do you feel like that happened in this particular game? Did the luck balance out? No. 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 I feel like Cody got incredibly unlucky. Well, and, and like so, the, the and I just think the cards were unbalanced, and so that you can't ba- like if somebody gets a couple of overpowered cards, and you have no way of like fighting over those cards, they just got them off the top. There's no there's no mitigation. A to little that. bit of drafting where you have five cards and if you win a card you get to draft one of them. That, yeah, something like that. that yeah, where they're just out. So yeah. I would like to see more opportunities for interesting decision making in Correct. a game like that. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had no agency in the game. I had several turns. I rolled a die. Like my only agency was picking what card I was gonna target beforehand, which was just I didn't like because I forgot to do it all the time. You guys yelled at me. I also didn't like it because there was just no agency involved. It was, like, that yeah, yeah, it was like cheating. I have to I have to pick this with no knowledge of what my role is going to be. Where that's right. I if agree. I that's it, really hard. Then at least I have a little agency involved. See, I I like I actually really like the fact that you have to pick because you have to say my goal is to roll low, so I'm going to go on this card, or right. my goal is to roll high. Right. And then if you don't roll that, like you got to live with that decision. Right. I actually like the fact that you have to pick. But so that's what I'm going to say about dice games. I don't inherently dislike dice games as long as there's a way to manipulate the die either by gaining powers over time. Or one-time use tokens, and there mm-hmm. was with the cards, mm-hmm. but in a game with but die, you had to get those cards first, right? In a game with die rolling, where die rolling is incredibly important, and you're just going to have bad rolls because in this game, a middling roll is objectively bad. Uh, in, in that type of game where there's then a, a bunch of power cards, like it's just like a lot of luck on a lot of luck. So on a scale of one to ten, what would you guys give this? Five and a half. Five and a half. I'm in a, I was going to say five and a half to six. Okay. If you like art, six. If you don't, three. I think, I'm thinking about four and a half myself. This is it's an okay game, but in the end, it's a little uninspired. I really wanted to like it. That doesn't do anything. So I, may, I might play that it one makes, more time. It doesn't oh, I'm make, play it doesn't make super, me want to play it again. I'm super tainted by the fact that I just lost so hard from yeah. from the go. Like it was like out of the gate. Oh, that didn't. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, that didn't work either. Oh. And then I'm on the other side of the table, like woo, steamroll. Hey Boom. guys, roll and one, roll two. This roll three. yeah, this card and then lets Bryce me, won. Yeah, and then Bryce <laughs> won. Yeah, Bad so I was not a fan of the you get to take two turns this turn card. I, that was a little frustrating. I want to try to acknowledge a bias in that, like, half the time during that game, since there wasn't a lot for me to be thinking about during that game, I was thinking about how much I wanted to be playing food chain, and I was thinking about different strategies I could try to <laughs> and, and I was like, man. Fair. Man. So what does Bryce want to talk about? Well, first we should uh, remind everybody of my uh, bold Bryce prediction from a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. Bold oh. Bryce prediction. Beat me by, like, six. <laughs> and, and see if uh, that happened to come true or not. So the bold price prediction was that Splendor would overtake Century Spice Road on the... The uh, most purchased list on BoardGameGeek. And I, d- I, it probably didn't have much to do with Splendor getting any better. It's just that the spike of Century Spice Road probably well, we just... Th- he, Bryce's prediction was based around the expansion for Splendor coming gotcha. out. And so what happened? Uh, Splendor wa- beat Century Spice Road by like... It was like 10. It was very small. It, it was close, but yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did surpass it. So, but this is new copies of Splendor, or this the is expansion. Right. Yeah. So, how this geek list works is uh, 
the, the moderator of this geek list take a look takes a look at the stats of board game geek and sees uh, which games have been added to people's collections the most in the previous month so that's why it's called the most purchased list because presumably you buy a game and then you add it to your collection on board game geek so we're also talking about some extreme selection bias because these are not only people who frequent board game geek but people who frequent board game geek enough to update their collection which is a very, very small percentage of gamers. Yeah. Sure, Which is a I'm selection bias that you're entirely aware of when you disagreed with the prediction. <laughs> Correct. I'm, okay. I'm just trying to lessen the impact of well, losing my test. So is there, is there one person at this table who does that? Bryce, do you do that? Do what? Cheap track of the games you own. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I do, too. Yep. Okay. So it's half the table does. I yeah, but did. we also are, are on a board game podcast. Like, <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I don't. Think and I encourage everybody. I did at one point, so, but it's right. not anywhere up to date. Yeah. I mean, I'm the opposite. I look at my board games. I'm like, how can I get rid of half of these? Like, how can I get less board? But games? to track your plays through Board Game Geek, it's just as easy to click. Oh yeah, I own that. Like if you're already tracking them, you can right, end up sure. clicking that I own it. Yeah. Um, so there's another interesting uh, geek list that is the uh, most played list which analyzes stats for the last month to see which game was played by the most unique people oh, and cool. which game was played the most overall, which looks at that logged play stat. Sure. And when we take a look at that list, we see that uh, Century Spice Road maintained a very slight lead over Splendor for most unique players, but Splendor killed it in most total logged plays. Yeah, I can see. I can see how how somebody wow. uh, how somebody's more likely to play a second Splendor as opposed to a second Spice well, Road. Well, Century Spice Road is just broken, and I challenge anyone to argue with me about well, it. Well, I'd like to play it again too. Okay. We should have the Cody's not going to have any fun today, but let's play these games because he needs <laughs> so to prove Bryce, it. Have you heard what I said about Century Spice Road? I yeah, I would disagree with it. Uh, so there's there's forty three there's forty three power cards that you can purchase. And you, you had a problem with only one of those being So uh, one of those is a pure card. upgrade card. Nine of them are a generates cards. And uh, and you really like those generate cards. The generate cards, especially when paired with the upgrade cards or with your base upgrade cards, are just it's just easier to make stuff work than having to worry about what gener what what generates what. Because uh, so so the other the other 33 cards are going to be trade certain resources for other certain resources. Right, but when you think about it, those are all upgrade cards too. They are they are all upgrade, upgrade cards, cards. But I'm I guess I'm arguing that it's just so much easier to see a new objective card come out, figure out how to get there from the the base of what you do to it, the point it, where it seems like the the technically upgrade cards are so strategy based because you have to plan ahead. And the game Correct. is so tactical Correct. because the cards are just popping out and coming out. Like I feel like it's hard to to strategize too much because the the tactics just keep changing on you. Correct. So I, I pulled up the statistics just so I could show like could wallow in my defeat. Uh, Splendor. There are a total of according to Board Game Geek forty three thousand two hundred and forty seven copies of Splendor owned. Um, one thousand one hundred and eleven of them were added last month. Oh, wow. Century Spice Road, on the other hand, uh, there are only 4,956. Obviously, it's a newer game, not sure. nearly as popular as Splendor has maintained. Uh, uh, 1,058 copies owned uh, this month. So we're talking a difference of about, of about 50 games. Um, last month, it was Century Spice Road at 1,494 and Splendor at 1,028. So Splendor got a huge bump this so month, presumably because of the... Of the expansion. So I will say we should definitely never lead the podcast with 
stats like that. Like that's definitely an hour into the board game podcast. Like, I love presumably if somebody's stats. made it this deep, if somebody's too. made it this deep into the podcast, they would care. But yeah, maybe we well. should maybe we should just start the podcast with some stupid obscure statistic about board game purchases. <laughs> so what what I want to say fun. what I want to say about what what we were talking about in terms of Splendor and uh, if you play at a large player count game. And if you have the ability to upgrade your your cubes, and if you have specifically that that one three upgrade cube, that three upgrade card is the best card in the game. And the reason is because it affords you flexibility. Um, because ideally in that game you can get, you can complete a card, uh, and then the next turn you can complete the next card that just came down. Like if you can do that, that's awesome. In a four player game, that's not going to happen. Uh, but having the flexibility to be able to respond to whatever comes out, or more importantly, to respond to players taking the uh, point value cards is incredibly important. And being able to generate and then upgrade those cubes is just a lot easier than I have to change these exact cubes into this exact things. And if I do that, but then that card gets taken, then I don't know. I feel like the strategy in that game is known, and there's just cards that are way more valuable than others. I don't disagree. I don't Bryce, disagree either, but I would question, is that a bad thing? Is it okay if uh, I mean, a couple of cards in the deck are uh, demonstrably better than the than the rest? Does as, that just as provide someone, incentive for as someone who didn't get any of them, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I would argue, I would argue for a gateway game or an introductory game, yes, that's a problem. So like Puerto Rico was just played, and we we talked about how like you should probably get the office right away, and the first person to make coffee is going to have a big advantage. If you're playing with experienced gamers and they know that, that's one thing. If you're, if the goal is to play Century Spice Road and you're playing an introductory game or a gateway game, that's a problem. Now that's just an play, interesting just play comparison because I would definitely not recommend beginners play with experienced players in a game like Puerto Rico. No, and that's that's what I'm saying is if it's okay if there's a known bias in a game, if there's cards that are more powerful, if you're playing with all experienced sure. players. But that's not what Spice Road is. You're right. Like okay. the four of us aren't going to play it unless we're at a game night. We, we hem and haw and can't figure out what else to play. <laughs> Bryce, I believe you had another thing that we were going to end with. One more. Did you have a big topic? Oh, okay. yeah. Um, I did want to talk about uh, Out of the Dust games and provide a little bit of uh, context with this. I don't even know what that means. That's me right. Let's, let me I think th this is going to be the Bryce monologue. Let me uh, throw Bring out some, some uh, board game terminology for people out there. So one of the funnest things about Board Game Geek are these monthly geek lists that happen. There's one for uh, where you list all the new games that you played that you had not played before. And then you choose, oh, this is my favorite new-to-me game of the month. And there's another one that's called new-to-me a year ago, where you look at that list that you made a year ago, and you see which game stood the test of time. Which one did you really like that you're still playing mm. today? Which one's got a surprising number of additional plays? And which ones do you care to never play again? Uh, there's another one where you list the games only you played, where you take a look at the board game stats, and you see <laughs> if you're the only player who logged to play for a particular game <laughs> on any given month. That's amazing. That's a fun list. Uh, and you can find some really obscure games on there. And then there's one that uh, I moderate called Out of the Dust, which is where you take a look at the games that you have not played in a year or more, and you get them played, and then you talk about why you haven't played them for so long and what you thought about them now that you have played them again, and uh, speculate on if you'll be playing it more regularly in the future. So these are, these are I mean, are these o always old classics necessarily? 
Oh, it could be a game that came out a year ago that you just haven't played since. That that year is, is a, kind of an arbitrary time limit, but it's something that uh, we just put in there so everybody have a baseline to work with. So my question could is, why aren't game, you dusting, game. Bryce? What's that? Why aren't you dusting? Oh, be, all right. So <laughs> how does a, I'm kidding. How does a game get dusty? And it's because you played it in here. thousands of games come out every single year, and it's just impossible mm-hmm. to keep playing everything consistently and regularly. Some things get played more often than not, and it's interesting to take a look at why that might be for any given particular game. So how often have you had the game that only you log to play of? I usually, uh, for that particular geek list, I add one to maybe three games a month onto there. And they're usually kids' games. It's not because uh, those are games that a lot of people don't like to play. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> don't get logged a lot, even if they do. Or right. they might not get logged if they do, exactly. I mean, but a- for uh, Dusty games, in... there's usually uh, four or five, maybe six out of the Dusty games I, I log right. uh, every month. So do you have any to talk about? I, I, ha- I actually have one, like I've already mentioned on this podcast. But, yeah, what, what do you got? What's the, a recent one? All right, so a recent one, uh, a couple of them I'll mention here. Recently, I've been playing Solitaire Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. I've been working through the Skull and Shackles box set. And both my characters recently died on the same scenario. Jeff, so, Jeff and Cody's rough. head's nodded, and I was just like, what are we talking about? This I is like I, episode two, I think, yeah. we talked about this. So in disgust, I, I, I put that game aside for the moment, and I've gone to and out and I've dusted off a game that I haven't played in a long time. It's called uh, Castle Assault, which is a obscure game. It's a tower defense faction-based game where the different players have a different faction, and these factions are completely radically different from each other. They all have strengths and various weaknesses and stuff. And the ultimate objective is to destroy your opponent's castle. It's kind of like a cross between Summoner Wars and Castle Panic. And it's a competitive game, but there's also a solitaire campaign mode that you play against a solitaire deck. So, and so I've been playing that recently, and that is was it, there's an a, out of the dust game for me. There's a three-player game from the 16-bit era that was in arcades and was also on Super Nintendo and Genesis. I think it's called Castle Attack, something like that, where you're shooting cannons at people's castles. Rampart. Rampart. Thank yes, you. that game was amazing. Rampart. And it was three players, just like. Arbitrarily, oh, yeah. it's just three players. Is mm. it anything like Rampart? I've never played Rampart. Your your goal is to destroy the other person's castle by shooting holes in it, and then in between that, there's a round where you build your castle back up, and you have to like close off the holes. Yeah, it like randomly assigns you like Tetris pieces, and then you have to just plug them into your castle and try and close your holes. And mm. yeah, all right, yeah. So so picture that with uh, with cards for your different faction that you are. So I might have some humans going against your vampires. And every mm. now and then they'll collide on the battlefield as they're advancing towards the, each other's castles. And then sometimes they break through and they get to the castle, or then they damage the castle instead of a guy. And that's what you're ultimately trying to do. It's exciting. So this sounds more like an obscure Bryce game than a dust collecting game. It just happens, coincidentally, to be both. Okay. <laughs> How exciting is that? So I, I mentioned Puerto Rico as one that I'm getting rid of just because I don't necessarily feel that I need to play it again. But it was I mentioned it was played because... Uh, Caleb played on Sunday, and I uh, I decided that I would rather let my wife play, and I'd watch the child. Um, and she's like, "Yeah, I, I remember that game. You know, it, it's it's okay. It holds up." And um, the the thing I think is really interesting about games f- from a while ago 
whether it's early 2000s, you know, 90s, or, you know, it's just that they're, they're so much simpler. And I don't mean simpler like it's easier to play them. I mean, like, there's just, there's just, they're pure mechanic. Like, there's a mechanic, and there's not a lot of extraneous stuff. Would there's, you call them elegant? They're elegant. Like Alhambra mm. or El Grande or Puerto Rico. There's not some random encounter deck that just <laughs> randomly throws random, <laughs> random, random stuff. Yeah, really good point. All the exceptions to the rules. Uh, so, so that's part of the value of uh, playing right. games, dusting off games to see if so I do, maybe I do there are some in your collection that right. you want to get rid mm -hmm. of and try to get stuff. I do kind of want to play Puerto Rico. Play more often. So the game I dusted off was Unspeakable Words. Uh -huh. I'm sorry. Which is a relic from when I used to buy board games because since Spielbound Open, I just stopped because <laughs> I, I <laughs> play them here. Right I might, here right? They might as well live here, right? But they played that on tabletop and it's fine it just doesn't hold up and there's you it's roll, silly it's just you roll a Don't die like it's just you can't luck, take luck, it too luck. seriously yeah it's just yeah my i mean aeon's end wasn't out of the, the dust game for me the last time i played it was like a year and a half ago uh -huh. i think mm -hmm. it came out early 2016 and i played it mid 2016 and pulled it out yeah. now mid 2017 and i enjoyed it so for me the out of the dust one is uh libertalia and and the reason we I love Libertalia and the problem with it was my game group who was oftentimes at six players we played it into the floor we played it all the time <laughs> we played it like every time we got together and uh, we just kind of got burned out of it mm -hmm. and I actually never got burned out of it I recommended it like two or three times and everybody was like no so I stopped recommending it and then um, I actually played it while I was away over Labor Day with some friends uh, at a cabin and and we, I played it, and uh, my wife texted me uh, a picture of her victory of Libertalia. She had played it the same night, like the Aww. same day. We that, that's that's awesome. that's yeah. Sweet. So we both played Libertalia <laughs> at the same time. But for those who don't know what Libertalia is, it's a pirate action, pirate selection game, uh, where everybody gets the same uh, random selected cards from this deck of thirty different pirates. Um, and they all have powers and they all have special abilities and they have a ranking order and the, you're all just d divvying up loot. So whoever plays the highest ranking pirate every turn gets to choose loot first, but, but all the powers resolve lowest to highest. So the weaker characters will oftentimes do like manipulate the game in a way that ruins the higher powered players thing. So that's cool but my favorite part about the game is that everybody starts with the same nine pirates you play six and then six new pirates are drawn out of the deck and you all get those six pirates but now your hands aren't identical because you played you might have depending on which six you right. played so now everybody's hand is still very finite but now they're all a little different and then you do that again a third time and so now there's even more variance and it it's it's i really like how you have to plan ahead and your your chickens come home to roost on that sometimes. I played that game once, and the only thing I remember about that game was I didn't like how ties were resolved when two people played the same numbered pirate. They were on the bottom of the card. Like, then there's mm -hmm. just some random arbitrary decision about But it. if you know that going in, you know that, oh, my, my captain is the number two captain, which means if anybody else plays the captain, I'm probably not going to get that. Like, you... You eventually know that that oh my captain's not very strong. True. So anyway, that's out, uh, out of the dust. Out, out of, of the, the dust. dust. Very cool. So our listeners should out they, of the dust a game this week and tweet us about it. 
Yes. Uh, and they should go to Board Game Geek, and if they're not already logging their plays, that's always a fun thing to do because that keep, makes it easy to keep track of when you do dust See, off a game or not. And then you can contribute to my geek list, the monthly Out of the Dust geek list. Yeah. And do you, you have, have a, to specifically contribute to it, or no? But it's lots of fun. I mean, uh, but if do if I log a play, does does that automatically give you the data, or do I have to like? Do yeah, something? Uh, yeah. I if you uh, so for this particular geek list, if you've been. Uh, Logging your plays for at least a year, then you'll start to get that data. Oh, but in the I meantime, see. you can probably estimate pretty accurately. Right. You, you usually have a pretty good idea if you mm. have a dusty game or not. So the problem with logging my plays for me is twofold. Number one, it's work. And number <laughs> number two, I'm always depressed whenever I log a play that I haven't like done it for years. <laughs> yeah. I, I use I, I've talked about this app before, but if you have an Apple uh, phone um, or an Android, do they have Android now? Yes, they just do. Uh, yeah. I think it's a 99 cents. It's an app called BG Stats. If you also are like Bryce and I and you love board game statistics, uh, it's a fun little app. And there's a couple. There's like a deep stats expansion. But anyway, you can log your plays. It will automatically update your plays on Board Game Geek as well. But mm. unlike Board Game Geek, you can also e very easily keep track of scores and who you play with and where you play and expansions and other things. Unfortunately, though, when Jeff logs his plays with me, he doesn't log them for me. I heard that doesn't actually <laughs> work. That's what I'm saying. Like if, Because I, I frequently play games with you or Caleb or someone else who logs, and it's just like you have my Board Game Geek username. It just got put into the database. Why did it not click for your... Right. Yeah. Like why? Why is it that? See, so you're you. I don't actually connect your board game geek username to your account. It doesn't. I don't think it works anyway. Right. But I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, no, the, you like, should. You log your own place, Scott. Why do I have to do the work for you? Because because I do have a problem with we just played an awesome board game and then five people pull out their phone like let me log that like it takes thirty seconds. I don't think I've ever been a part of that logging process in a game I've won. So it's always <laughs> four people going, okay, so Cody had how many? Okay, and then who won? Like, see, that's it's why always I just like to use it as I like to use it as the calculator for the final score mm. in games that need that because it's got a little built-in calculator in the same place you put your score. So you go, Cody, and Cody goes, 24. I scored four 19, points. Right. Four. <laughs> and it is another way in a world in which we're playing an analog game that the digital world comes back to haunt us. I think exactly. you're being a little bit. I think it's one of those famous of illegitimate Scott complaints. Uh, yes. <laughs> you well, all have I mean, there's some people paralysis. who tweet. We have a listener who tweets. I've deleted my Twitter, speaking of which. So you can no longer get a hold of me on Twitter, Whoa. but you can get a hold of me at. Um, not at. You can get a hold of me by emailing spielcast at spielbound.org. Um, you'll all get a hold of all three of us. So I will respond to your email, unlike these other two jerks. I, are you well, wrapping us up? No, Bryce brought us a game. Yeah. Oh, I was trying to. Oh, man. Sorry. Bryce is going to pull the game up. All right, but don't worry. Right, this will just take up. a couple of minutes. You have I'm to pull sorry. it up on your phone? The, or? No, this is, a, this is an obscure Bryce game. Okay. Uh, it's called Battle Cards. Okay. It's by Just Favorite Designer. Do we need to go grab Donald X. Vaccarino. Nope. Who's my favorite designer? Yep. I don't even know. Steve Jackson. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> do this we need to go grab some coins? So we're gonna be here for we another hour. We can use our. We can use fingernails for this. Okay. That'll work. Is this one? Well. Is this the type of game where we're all gonna get a card, and then it's gonna take us two hours to get a second card? No. Okay. All right. So here's a little bit of context for what Battle Cards is. This is an old, old CCG. This is pre-Magic, in fact. There were CCGs before Magic. That's right. It came in booster packs, and I want you guys listening to picture this. 
This game features what we call the infamous scratch and slay combat system. <laughs> scratch and slay. Are we going to get to scratch some cards? These cards look like lotto cards. They have a whole bunch yes. of little stickers on there. I feel honored. I love right it now. so much. That represent the different parts of these guys that you can attack. So you scratch one of these off. We're going to exchange character cards first. And then at the Sorry. same time, we'll scratch one off. And you'll see if you hit this guy or not. If there's a little blood icon there that you scratch off one of the life points. <laughs> and after the guy takes three life, then he dies. This is exciting. Is, this, is it 100% luck or is there a strategy involved? No, there's no strategy at all. This game has one of the lowest <laughs> ratings. <laughs> lowest Jackson ratings game, on Board man. Game Geek of any game ever. This is a notoriously bad game, but I think it's going to make really and it's compelling a total, it's an podcast absolute, material. Absolute one-off. So That's right. It's You could call this one of the first legacy games. Yeah, what do you, what do you call cards. it when you... Like destroy I, I your can't cards. believe they aren't doing this in legacy games. Like, give me this, give me the lotto ticket printing yeah. on is it legacy games. Ooh, pretty fighting fantasy huh? battle cards? That's it, yeah. Okay, I'm That's looking it up name. to see what the rating is. Wow. The rating on BGG is a 4.4, which it is horrible <laughs> on BGG because people are really nice to board games. They, yeah, they, they, but yeah, it only has 36 one, right? ratings. Oh, my gosh, I love it. All so right, the first thing. Use. That's right. The first thing you guys need to decide is if you would like to be uh, chaos alignment, neutral alignment, uh, evil alignment, or justice alignment. I feel like I'm chaos. Give me evil. Ha, I beat you to it, scat. <laughs> you guys took chaos and evil. What does that make me? I guess I'll be lady justice. <laughs> now I know what Scott does in the evenings. All right, Scott, which one Scott did you want? Scott is lady justice. You wanted justice? All right, so you're going to get... The awesome character, Aragon Trueblade. You're going to get the strong character, Felinius, who looks like this cat guy. And you're going to get the warrior, Man-at-Arms, who just looks like this very generic knight. That's literally a character from He-Man, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> and which one would you like? Uh, you I'm, evil. I'm evil. Evil. All right. You get the Lord of Darkness. That's an awesome level character. <laughs> you get uh, Glitaspee. Who uh, is the scanty, scantily clad sorceress? And you get the Constantian Cutthroat. So which are is just these, yeah. when you buy these, is it the same characters every time with different arrangements, or is it different people and different? So yeah, there, there's tons of different characters in this game. If you buy a booster pack, I don't even think there's a rarity system in this particular game. That hadn't been invented yet. You just yet. buy a booster pack and you just and you get, get some random guys. And they and yeah, the the uh, locations of the hips on each card are completely different, even within the same character. Oh look at that! The female character is wearing hardly any clothes. Surprise! Imagine that. Uh, it was a 90s game. Which one did you decide game. on, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> I said uh, chaos. Chaos. So you're gonna get. Balthazak, who looks like this big demon guy. Dang right. There you go. We're going to get chaotic. the homunculus, who is this uh, ugly-looking guy chowing down on something. And you're going to get the battle orc. Do these have player abilities, or is it just? I mean, what's the what? How does this work? Well, let's uh, find out who his his characters are first. Okay. Chef. And I'm going to. All right. So I'll be the neutral guys, which is. The awesome level Iron Maiden, also scantily clad. <laughs> the very intimidating John the Agreeable. Also scantily clad. John the John 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 the Agreeable. That's right. All right. So yes. Yeah, like just nice woken up in the night. And the Wolfman the who is not wearing anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right then. Alright, so we're gonna be paired up here. 
So it's going to be uh, Cody against Scott, and it's oh, going to be yeah. Jeff against myself. This, I feel like I'm at a disadvantage. You've played this oh, before. Yeah. And we're going to exchange first our warrior level characters. Are we are we sure Jeff shouldn't get a crack at me since this is a luck based game? That'd be a food <laughs> chain magnet. Okay. Okay. So have, we've exchanged luck. Uh, status. Status. Yep. Warrior. That's right. So I've right. got. I've now got Bryce's Wolfman, and Bryce has my Battle Orc. Yeah, and I'm sending in Cutthroat, one of the only clothed characters in the game. Oh, we should mention the art here. So I have to give you my. The warrior. art is okay yeah. on these cards. It's pretty dated though, yeah. and it's pretty generic fantasy so, type of stuff. So technically, so far we did make a choice. Well, we did because we we shouted out really fast. What alignment we wanted but so far that has been the only choice okay right. are we gonna keep we're gonna keep a tally of the yeah, choices, choices we make are, yeah. all right okay so now all right so second choice you have to choose which of these mini little spots here to so scratch any, up but any except the oh, top four any except for the top oh, right. is there That's any right. strategy whatsoever nope so we're killing <laughs> we're killing our own player? Our no, own? we're killing the opponent. We're, we are we're, fighting we're, we're fighting this guy so this, I'm fighting the guy I took from you this That's quarter right, yeah. represents that my cutthroat's sword, and I am now going to. I got to a blood scratch. Oh, so off. scratch off a hit point, Jeff. So we're all just scratching one. Oh, yeah. there's nothing under the hit points. It just means you've lost one. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so Is I'm the, scratching. Oh, actually, oh, actually, I, I I forgot to mention. Actually, one of these does have a, an X or a skull or something. And when you find that one, then the guy dies immediately. So oh, actually, perfect. he doesn't have. Is so, it always the same number of blood tokens on each character, or are there different on each numbers? rake? So all the warriors have the same number. They're just okay. in different so spots. So you scratch one, Cody. I'm yeah, right. I, I did not get one. blood on so I'm all scratching one. Yeah, I got uh, blood. I totally drew blood on your your totally copyright infringing man at arms. I did not hurt your cutthroat. Justice. All right. who, is, who is that copyright infringing? Pick another man at one. arms is a character from He Man. I did not hurt your. Ah, uh, there's a blood. Okay. Missed it. I'm All right, swing, so now I'm gonna scratch off one of Jeff's life points here. I did not here. hit your cutthroat. Uh, so uh, we're scratching the second time now, right? Yep. We all yep. I've done yep. three. You've done three. So Dude, have you. What are you? No. No, that's a your hit point. That's a hit point. The oh. top four oh, are hit points. Should have only okay. hit two. So okay. you need to scratch. So yes, yeah, Scott. We're on a third. Are we one. on a third now, Bryce? Now we're on our third. Oh, yeah. I miss miss. So I did not kill you. All right, ready? Swing again. Should we go in order? No, we need to just simultaneous play. Are you going four? Four. Yeah, this is simultaneous action selection. It's my favorite mechanic in the game. Did you do four, Bryce? So I'm on number four. three. I did five, not get a blood. Now I'm missed, on number five, four. Okay, five, I, five, blood I finally on hit. Ooh, this is I great radio. <laughs> this is awful. See, this is I, gripping. I, <laughs> I told you. Okay, can so we do a pause for a status check? I'm at four. Oh, nothing so, there. Okay, either. you guys should each swing one more time, and then we're going to talk about how this battle is going. I swung five times. Okay, so I'm going to just narrate here dramatically. So, Scott. I've swung five times. So, yes, man-at-arms uh, fighting for Lady Justice uh, is dueling with, what's that guy's name? Cutthroat. Cutthroat fighting for uh, the Captain Chaos. No, you're Captain Chaos. You're I'm evil. Uh, emperor, evil. I'm the emperor of evil. So, uh, so the Cutlass has taken four swings at man-at-arms and hit twice because he's a beast. <laughs> And in return, copyright infringing man at arms has done what? I've swung five times and hit once. You've swung quite. Oh, I swung so, five times. So um, yeah. okay. I one. can count better. The battle orc of Captain Chaos has swung five times at the Wolfman of Nelly Neutral. I don't know what's the alliterative name for neutral. For neutral, just milk. Milk neutral. Oh, that sounds um, good. Neutral milk hotel. Yeah, there you go. And has only hit once. Uh, and the same thing with the bat uh, with the Wolfman against the Battle Orc. Just once so far. Okay, so, so far not These guys are evenly matched up. 
Can I make a recommendation? Yeah. Because I think this is great radio, and if I were listening to this podcast, I would love it. Should we do our quick sign-off in case people are like, this is really <laughs> stupid, I want to leave? And then we'll keep recording. It'll still be there, but we'll we should do our sign-off just to let people know where they can contact yeah, us. Yeah, so so this is like a cliffhanger, big time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we'll play the music and everything, and then once the music's over, you will hear us finish our game of battle cards. That's a lot of editing we're committing to you two, Scott. Can you handle it? I mean, I guess. All right. Sounds All right. good to me. So you can get a hold of me, Cody, at Cody Jorgensen. No underscore. You can only get a hold of me now um, on Facebook or uh, Spielcast at Spielbound.org. You can contact Bryce at, or uh, the Panda Master if you prefer, at BoardGameGeek. You can find me under the handle Radagast14. You can get a hold of me at Scott underscore Odell on Twitter, or you can email us. Or we might have a BGG page soon, right? Hopefully. If we Fake Ooh, news. Exciting. We've been talking about that since we started. Uh, so thanks, oh. uh, collectible card game yes. cliffhanger. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks Scla- Bryce. Thanks, Captain Panda. Thank Good you, night, Steve moon. Jackson. Thank you, Steve oh, Jackson. Yeah, Steve, yeah, don't forget about uh, him. Uh, thank you, <laughs> so Luck. Thank uh, you, Moon. Thank you, Unearth. Thank you to Lighting Fixtures and for Pizza. Eclipse is still the best stop, game. Also, stop the food chain. Oh, okay, so... All right, okay, we're, we're going to continue. Yes. We're back. Okay. Oh, continue the epic battle. Right. So, oh, scratch, right. scratch, scratch right. number six. Battle number is six. at a fevered pitch. Oh, I drew blood. Number six. Okay, these scratch things don't work very well. No, they're horrible. They're, they they appear to have aged poorly, I think, I have not. So, so we're at six swings. We've each drawn two. Is it four? Or no, it's three. The first person to hit three times. Oh, my no, gosh. I think it's the first person to hit all four. No, because the fourth one's the purse. It's three. It's we only have Wait, three. What? Hit, we only have three hit points. What do you mean the fourth one's the purse? My it says the word. Point. That's right. If you want to play campaign mode, then you can get uh, gold for killing these guys. And then oh, so okay. So if I hit you again, you have the third hit point. Is it? How many so I really hope. Okay, so we're number seven. I really uh, hope that we kill each other. Several. Several. Okay. Yeah. So are you? You just did six, right? Uh, so we're yep. Seven. Yeah. Oh. Man at arms survived. Yeah, still, you're still alive at seven. You see what was in your purse. Let's see what was in my purse. Let's see, well, I think that's a there was blood. Kleenexes. Okay. No, no, no. All right. Let's see. I, and I always, I think I always care this game has me. Uh, there was more a luck than love letter was in chain, there. But does it have more luck than Unearth? Okay, are we are we going for eight? <laughs> oh no, that's the skull right there. Dang it! So, so what happens when I die? The Wolfman has killed the Battle Orc. So are at you, this point, am I going to continue oh fighting wait. the Wolfman? Your skull. So now, right yeah, now we enter round two. So you now, guys, someone died. right? Whoa! Wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. Well, my skull was on the first one. Yeah, oh, if you so hit the skull, they die. No, it was my first life point. You don't have to. You scratch them in order. Life from right to left, maybe. No, you don't scratch them in order. You, you don't scratch the life. It's another random blind guess. Oh, another one. So whenever. Whenever you scratch off the skull, that person is just dead. That's right. Yep. You died a long yep. time ago then. Yep. Oh, so, so how does this work? Do we vote? All right. So now now that the battle orc is dead, you sound, send out your next strongest guy to fight the wolf man. How do I know who's strong? Uh, it's uh, I have a status awesome and a status strong. There okay. you go. There's, there you yep. go. Who's, uh, what's next? Awesome or strong? Strong that is still next. still not clear. Strong is okay. next. Okay. So 
So there you go. So you still have to kill my guy, though, right? That's yeah. right. You yeah. still have to I kill the first guy. Uh, okay, so we're going, another, we're going again, Bray, Bryce. All right. So, so yeah. we're still we'll swinging. Start Ready? One. One. Swing. Oh, this one scratches oh. off better. Oh, you're done. Oh, hey. got him. Get him. Hit him you're as well. You're done, Bryce. So, man, oh. is definitely but I drew blood on the homunculus. You can kill me on one right now because you hit. I did not get your score. Can I get strong? So I killed man in arms. All right, here comes John the Agreeable. So I am now fighting John the Agreeable, who's wearing more clothes than the wolf man, but still not many. Yeah. So, um, but he's so agreeable. Ready, Bryce? Yep. Did you nice. do the swing? Damage? You got one hit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no blood there. I got you. I think those are part of your normal life. Okay. No. But you oh didn't my die. God, Scott. You okay. Have to, you, Ready? Let's when you try do damage, good. Bryce and I are much more efficient then, than the two of you. You then uh, scratch one of these okay. off. I pick one of them. Okay. Yeah. And if it's the skull, then good? he dies. Okay. All right. So Fair we're still left. going. Okay. Oh my gosh, your guy's a cat man. Thank you. Have you no, done? nothing there. All right, okay, I'm ready so for yes, number four. I missed you. Oh, I hit Thelenius. Oh, oh I can there's some blood. No. So you hit me twice. Yes. And there's the skull. No. Wait, okay, no, you take Belzac. No, no, I didn't. I got excited. All right, swing again. Whoa, okay. I'm on the last go. I kind of feel bad about swinging at this okay, ready? cat. Ready, set, cat go. Ah, blood is Nope, drawn. nothing there. I missed. And you're dead. Oh, John the right. Agreeable has fallen. So I'm only one bubble ahead of you. Here's the Iron Maiden. Oh my God, I can't even. Oh, she's my leader. The Iron Maiden Swing. is wearing the most clothes of all three, but still, very few clothes. And super copyright infringing. I hit you. Uh, okay, here we go. I missed. Yep. Wait, yeah, <laughs> I missed. I <laughs> got you. Oh no, nothing there. Oh, it's not the end though. Okay. All right, let's ready? Swing again. Yeah, these things are pretty rough to get scratched off. Okay, you're safe. I don't uh, think you're I safe too. Ready? Okay, I'm swinging at Felinius. Ready? Go. Well, there's some blood. No. Okay. All you right. Didn't get, I didn't here get we go. You. Oh, one, two, or three. I'm gonna try number three. Ah! I believe that's a no. Wrong so we, both, we both have two life bubbles left. Yep. And you're one bubble ahead of me, so also miss. Statistically more go. likely to hit. Right. Okay. Yeah. Ready? I'm ready. Mm, you're safe. No blood there. Okay. Ready, Bryce? Yep. Safe. You're safe. No blood there. Safe. Is there a thematic oh, we're just swinging connection at the air to here. where Swing. you're swinging? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> there's some more blood. <laughs> Ready? Oh, okay. I'm going. That was some oh, dead pain. No. Nothing I missed. And there's a skull! Oh, yeah! Oh, oh I am me. slaying Balthazak, the chaos awesome character. So now I'm going to keep what's left on the Iron Maiden. Oh, so you can use her for the next I fight. That's right. Whichever one of their <laughs> awesome guys survive, we're going to have a, we're going to have the ultimate showdown oh, here. No. Oh, no. Oh, maybe. I can't tell. These things are scratching off so horribly. It's getting worse. Some of them are better than others. I, yeah, I've, my I've first one. So have you had lot. these since 1993? I'm pretty upset yes. Catman do here. Why? Uh, that was a miss. <laughs> Yeah, so back in the two. day when I played CCGs, I didn't actually like play Magic. I played all the bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and some good stuff. I, I, I was imagine how this is actually a CCG. Like, you just get in, you're just like, hey, want to scratch some stuff off, buddy? Right, right. And yeah, I missed. do it really Swing. fast. And then... Steve Jackson thought that was an amazing idea. I can understand. It was 93. That doesn't no. That's not, I was born in 1993, and I'm better than this game. <laughs> Thus, <laughs> better was, things can get can come hey, out of nice people like lottery tickets yeah exactly they like people games. love like millions Felinius of people buy lottery is the tickets. rat guy from uh from guardians of the galaxy all right like. we need to swing again that's Cody. a raccoon uh that's what i said or you said rat guy rocket oh, raccoon I yeah raccoon guy. swing swing so here's what i'm afraid of i'm afraid that these have gotten so hard to scratch off that i'm just scratching the actual heart off. you're not i think you're just you'll be able to tell you'll be able to tell yeah you don't have to scratch that heart you don't like scrape you scratch 
Oh, yeah, you're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not You've been criticizing part. me all night. <laughs> all right, let's, that was a let's, miss. let's pick two bubbles. Pick okay, two, two bubbles. bubbles next to no, each that other. doesn't work. Yes, it does. Are you guys on the strong guys still? Yes. Well, I really okay. think I'm hit. scratching up. One of mine was a hit. All right. Miss, miss. You are officially dead. Thank God. <laughs> but I still have to keep scratching this stupid thing, though. Okay. That's right. Yes, you do. There's no skull at the top. Oh, well, there's a skull in one of those. You just have to look really hard. I, That's I think what I'm, I'm saying. I'm pretty I sure I've just been scratching off the actual content of the cards. It's just yeah, coming. I think it was that last one you just did. Okay. I well, could make something well, out right there. That's what we'll say. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Give okay. me the last guy, Cody. That, that yeah, right here. Ooh, Lord I'm, of Darkness. I'm going to kill Lord of Darkness. Deal with it. Should we do two bubbles again? No, one. Okay. Evidently, uh, scratch-off tickets don't last 25 years that well. <laughs> <laughs> this is important research so we're doing. The first one I scratched was fine. The last, the next one was was just. Okay. I felt like I was destroying the card. Wow. Never know. Felinius is just gonna survive because. Swing. Ooh, this one's much better. Hit. Is that the third bubble right there? No, it's the second. <laughs> No skull. No, no skull, skull because I'm literally scratching everything off of this card. <laughs> Swing. <laughs> Hit. Hit. I thought they were dots. I didn't realize there were blood bubbles. Yep. They are blood bubbles. Yep. Hit as well. And that's your last it's one. It's very thematic. That is a skull. I. Oh, oh there goes Cody the Lord of dead. Darkness. The Lord Cody's of Darkness dead. is fallen. The Lord of Darkness Cody's is the dead. worst. Cody, Cody, Cody definitely cheated. I just started cheating because literally there's no <laughs> thing matter. to scratch off. All right, Scott and I are now going to exchange our awesome characters. 4.4 4 is so Here's the Iron Maiden who so has you, some damage on you guys have tur turned on each other And now. I need to get really lucky so with I have Aragon, Aragon Trueblade. True blade. May her blade be true. I think it's a guy. <laughs> His blade be true. The listeners All couldn't right. see the go. expression Ready, Scott made, but it was go. genuine. Oh, that's a miss. This is miss. This is amazing. Swinging. Oh, there's some blood. Blood. Oh, let's see if uh -oh. I get lucky. Uh -oh. Here we I go. Want, I want twin killing blows. I want there to be oh! no winners. No, I you're kidding. It. Look at that on the first try. Bryce won okay. the obscure game. So I'd like, oh, I'd like that to was point. Exciting. The Iron Maiden is victorious. So I'm currently wow. on the Fighting Fantasy Battle Cards forum on BGG. <laughs> and there's four forums. And one of them is asking, what are the rules of this game? <laughs> so off to a great start. But this person posted... Hi, all. Somewhere in the bottom of a box, I found a package of battle cards and opened them. I have no idea what they do or what they're for. I'd be happy to <laughs> pop them in the mail to someone who could put them to good use. Any takers? And then list the card numbers. Now, if you, usually, if you were to post that in a board game forum, like, I've got this free game I'm happy to send yeah. it to you, it would be What's immediate. your address? Yeah, yeah. Right? January 24th, 2016, this was posted. And no takers. <laughs> Tell you, just rough. people don't even want this game for free. Now, so this is one of the exciting things about this particular CCG. You could play this game with just one booster pack. You did not have to invest much in it at all in order to play with somebody else. I'm not even willing to invest that amount in this, though that, that little of much that you just mentioned. <laughs> I'm going to log my play, right? I am as well. Uh, oh, yes. So I think, I think a thing that we're really overlooking This is going to be here, an out-of-the-dust game for me. We're, we're really overlooking the... Uh, well, that, this also might I mean, be... Oh, if, if, but if Scott logs the play, then you won't be the only person to log the play of it. Uh, is, is there's a some pretty in-depth flavor text. It's really long. It's the That's right. These like characters do have a lot of background story on the back of the card. Four paragraphs on the back of the it's, card. Yeah, I didn't get to mine. Like, it's an entire playing card at, like, 
a seven font. Like it, there is so <laughs> much. Who wrote it? I want to know whose job. I want to. I want to see this That's rationalization of man at arms here because I'm still upset now, Cody, about it. Just to clarify, uh, when you s- compare stats for games only I played, people who played in the same session as you, that does not count. So oh, you, gotcha. You can still gotcha. add that to the games only I played geek list. And I guarantee you, you will be able to add this game to mm. that geek list this month. Well, Wait, ma- why? How is Scott and I both play it? How? Because people playing the same session same do not session count against them. Oh, so it's important that Scott's, uh, that Scott's BGG username sh- should be actually in my... Yeah. Actually, we won't, though, because I only logged the play between you and me, Bryce. Fun fact. So... So Man at Arms did not get any flavor cat, uh, text. He got the rules. So the rules are printed on the back of Man at Arms. How do I card. score this? Bryce oh wins. Oh my god! This game has never been put in a geek list. <laughs> this is oh, this is my favorite thing ever. There's this. Seven, oh, it's so great. Uh, Bryce, I want to thank you for bringing this in. I, You're I, welcome. so I feel bad for scratching off something that has been unscratched for so long. Don't feel bad because I have like ten thousand of these cards. <laughs> First of all, too. Um, the reason why is because when I was playing CCGs, playing some other stuff competitively, uh, I played a bunch of Decipher games, Star Trek, Star Wars, and Lord of the Rings. I played that really hardcore. At the same time, whenever a game went out of print, usually those booster packs and starter decks get really cheap. And you can pick them up for pennies on, on the dollar. So, like, entire booster boxes of this sense. game were like two bucks. Gotcha. I have a question for you, Scott. Yes. Uh, on BGG, you can rate how heavy a game is. You can vote, and then <laughs> it, it it lists the community's vote, right? Like so, it says the average vote for this game is X, right? So something like Unearth might be around a two, two and a half. Something around out of this is out of five. Right. Something around Food Chain Magnet would probably be in the fours, mid fours, uh, maybe maybe low fours. What would you guess fantasy fighting battle fighting fantasy battle cards is rated what? based on two votes? What's Are, the lowest you can Can you rate it zero? Uh I don't think so. So then one point zero. Like I one. bet it's one. I like bet no it's one's one. gonna say this is a two, you, yeah, right? You can only you can rate it one, two, three, four, five. But this is a one. Uh one person said it was a two. One person said it was a five. <laughs> so this is a rated of a three and a half. So was the person who rated it a two, or they the person that didn't know the rules? I don't know. Okay, here's the other question. Board Game Geek rankings. Now, Board Game Geek rankings are influenced. They, there's, a, there's a standardized number that they use in the middle. So it's influenced not only by the vote, but by the number of voters who have voted on a game. So this is not a, pr- a relatively low number of voters. If you were to guess the Board Game Geek ranking of this game, what would you guess, Cody? Of this game? Of this game. Uh, 20,000th. Scott? How many games are there? I don't know. <laughs> a lot. I can tell you how many. There, 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 there's tens. Of, there's probably so 168,000. There are currently 93,246 games on board games. Okay, 91st. 91. There's really? Thousand. Okay. The correct answer, Scott, Cody was much closer. The correct answer was 13,144. Okay. Boom. I What's love the score? A score of what? The game. It's rating. Oh, 4.4 is the average. Okay. Um, I, I will say, Cody and I had a battle. Our second, our second cards where it took forever to kill people. But the instant that when you finally kill someone quickly, it's, it's a good feeling. 
Maybe the weight. Maybe that person. Maybe that person who who put five for weight of the game was referencing how much weight they had to put behind their (laughs) scratch (laughs) to get the thing. After twenty five years. Yeah. All right. So it's been ten years since I played this game. So that's a very dusty game. Wow. Uh, For some reason, the last time I logged, uh, I have a, I played this game was I brought it brought it to a church game night. Oh, a church game night. I'm pretty sure one of my characters was literally Satan. Like, my <laughs> character was the Lord of Darkness. That might not have been a good choice on, <laughs> in hindsight. You just got to sell the cards for a dollar to the kids. Um, <laughs> I think that's... I, 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 I do remember no adult would play with me. I think I did play this just with a kid. praying on the kids. So I looked up, I looked up the games. The kid thought it was amazing. I looked up games that are around this game. So games that are rated higher than fantasy fighting battle cards. Um, Oi, that's my leg. <laughs> that Cat sounds, in the hat. Hey, I y- can do that. You were talking about pirate theme games that were underrepresented. I, I bet Oi, that's my leg is a pirate game. Um, what the face, which I've actually played What the Face. Oh, how about that? Um, sounds like a ben real gas. Sticks, which is actually pretty popular a couple years ago. You know what game is one, two, three, four, five slots lower than fa- fighting fantasy battle cards? Oh, tell us. Risk. There's so much hate <laughs> for Risk. Oh, wow. It's about the same amount of luck between this and Risk, right? Yeah, it's about the same. Oh, yeah. Sounds about right. So this we made is, one decision in this game this to is, play it. Bryce, this has been my favorite podcast we've ever recorded, and it's mostly because of that. <laughs> hey, we made two decisions. We, so, we, didn't, we didn't cheat. We chose. We chose to play. We I've chose to not cheat. I've never been so cheat. tempted to like to scratch. My oh, that's or... not true, Scat. I li- I was absolutely cheating. By the <laughs> end. He was cheating really bad. <laughs> okay. okay. And us, it didn't help you. That's amazing. But we were all tempted so, to cheat. <laughs> I think we're all a little loopy at this point because it's ten o'clock and it's way past my bedtime. Yeah, this is pretty. So good we're stuff. gonna end this. We don't have a fancy ending because we already did it. So goodbye. Thank-